welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Hey, June 29th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I always like to give a heads up when we have a major storm here in Tennessee, because for whatever reason, it seems we lose power pretty frequently when that happens. So if that should happen during the show, I'm most likely okay, so nobody worry. Just want to let you know, we have a really important show today. Follow up on on two real two topics more than anything. A couple side notes, but I wanted to cover the RFK Jr. News Nation interview, or actually one part of it's like a town hall kind of interview, because you know we don't have it debates anymore. They all just kind of do their individual town halls, and it's it just it's it's weird how everyone just acts like that's normal, right? But this discussion was there's a lot of interesting things that were said. Now, you guys know my stance in general on, on voting in general, on our non-democracy or non-representative government, really, or the idea that any one of these people, I don't really believe, even if they are honest, will have an effect going through a system that's clearly meant to be broken. And we can go over all this stuff. And then even more specifically, when it comes to RFK Jr., that I aggressively disagree, even if it's a political stated stance on Israel and Palestine and plenty of other things. But all that aside, I've said over and over, hands down the best candidate that's running if you play the lesser of evils kind of game but absolutely on medical freedom on a lot of things i support him more than most politicians i've ever supported but doesn't change the fact that i see problems in the system as well as stances he's taken but that is not the point is that none of that matters when engaging with truth what he says in this section that we're going to go over the one that's been mostly popular it's about 13 minutes in regard to the vaccination, childhood schedule, the placebo conversation, which we've harped on. I mean, it's it's amazing that we have to harp on things that are that easy to look up. <laughs> it takes two seconds to do your own due diligence. But of course, we have to battle people that are choosing to trust authority instead that are lying to them. And they can't conceive of a world where that can happen. It's impossible, but we still have to do it. But I want to go with that clip and show you how important it is and how just he utterly destroys this conversation in a good way. Just completely destroys these people and they still walk away acting like he's a lunatic. It's crazy. But then we're going to go over a couple of important things that kind of are adjacent to that, but then primarily another focus on the transgender conversation. And it's just it's amazing to me how I was just speaking about this before we started. I I, it's, I've, I don't think I've even even COVID, the conversation of the COVID illusion, the, the injections. I don't think I've ever seen a conversation or a topic that I can look at and investigate and look at the facts and it is inherently problematic to me. And that's the lightest word I could possibly use. There's something inherently surreptitious, just malicious, evil almost beneath all of this that just really, really makes me uncomfortable. And it's as transparent as I think I've ever seen anything in my life. <laughs> I was clumsily trying to say that a second ago. That's what I meant is more than anything I've seen. It just screams that there's such a transparently obvious problem. Now, of course, people that want to hear this as only I'm anti-trans or anti-vax or, you know, their binary way they view the world, which is kind of humorous when you think about that in the context, binary world. But the point is, that's not what we're doing. We always have nuance and objectivity. And my point is, I've, said, I've made many times, you can hear me as only the one thing we're talking about and see that as only one way as anti-trans. But the point is, there's plenty of people in this community that see this also as a problem. The same thing happened with the, with the you know, go back, what, 20, 30 years, the, the gay conversation, where you had a lot of people that were in that community that were also pointing out that there were the hyperbolic versions of that community and going, well, that doesn't represent all of us. The same thing happens in the minority communities. But weirdly enough, we still can't remember that the next time they do the same thing. And the point is that this is very clearly problematic. 
because of the way that you can find obvious examples of people that are actually just mentally ill. And maybe you think that's how all of them are. And that's something you could argue. The point is that you can prove there are people that aren't even in the gender dysphoria conversation that just have schizophrenia that are being led into this discussion. We can prove this. Does that mean it's everybody? I don't know. I don't think so. But it matters, doesn't it? We can prove that there are children who are being led into this conversation. And, and you could even argue it's from people that think they're doing the right thing. And the only reason I, my irritating objectivity like that is because we're trying to reach the people that don't know any better. The people out there that don't care and are either, <coughs> excuse me, that are either doing this for some malicious agenda that don't care if your children get hurt or doing it for some other dangerous reason because they want it closer to your children. That is something that exists in any category anywhere in the world. Those people will abuse this. And the point is that that is part of the problem. And so those people will find a way to inch into this conversation. And then that gets ignored by people that don't want to see that that's part of it. Or that when we point at that, we're somehow saying that everybody in this conversation, it's, it's just, it's a way to ignore very problematic things in very serious conversations. That is the two-party paradigm, guys. I mean, just take a step back and think about it in any other wedge issue, anything. Take abortion, gun rights. It's the same conversation. Instead of acknowledging basic realities like guns don't kill people or that criminals don't abide by laws or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's I believe more in, in obviously certain side of that conversation. But there are arguments you could make on the other side where there's there's nuance to be argued about how maybe there should be something. I disagree, but you can understand the logic to it. But of course, when the two party paradigm takes control of it, it becomes ridiculous on all sides it's either there should be literally nothing or there should be literally everything and then people choose a side i mean it's really just the most basically obvious thing i've ever seen and we still people just feel comfortable in it anyway i could go off on the two-party paradigm forever i think the transgender conversation is important that's why i'm going over this to start today because there's been a few people even in our community that are going i think you're you know harping on this or you're being played or you and maybe they're right you should, I'm glad you're able to stand back and go, I disagree with you, Ryan, because that's the whole point of this show. But my God, there we need to be able to see that there are people that are, what's the right word for it? The, I'm not going to say civilian casualties. The point is that whatever's happening here and to whatever degree you think it's acceptable, there are people being hurt by it without question. And I, that has to matter to people. And this is why I say that there are people in this community that are speaking up about this. But that may still say, yes, there needs to be an area where this can be possible. Now, you know my stance on this. I mean, I, could, I would even say that I generally disagree with that, except I allow adults to make their own choices with their own bodies. Now, that's all I'm talking about is adults. The kid part of this is just off the table. That's, it's just unbelievable that's even on the table. But we need to be able to recognize that there are people within that community, which I'll go over again today, that are standing up and going, there's a problem. Yes, there is a situation where people should be able to get this treatment, but my very community, speaking as that group will point out again, WPATH, is being sloppy with treatment for kids. The president-elect of the company can speak up and say, yeah, we're being a little bit, you know, we're not enough, there's not enough counseling or we're being a little bit too fast with this. Three people from this community and yet nobody, and if we say that, we're racist. I'm clear, clearly you can tell this is something that I think is important. 
I really hope people can hear the nuance in it, especially those that may be chiming in here to troll or think that we're all racist or just listen and recognize that we're fighting for good things, for equality, for, you know, whatever the things that we all pretend that we're, you know, again, the problem with things like that today, equality, sustainability, is that paradigm people have either taken it as the absolute all end all be all or the worst thing in the world. And reality is that these are words that are being abused. We should all want to be have equality. We should all want sustainability. We should all want these things. Just not the forced versions that aren't actually that, that they dram down your throat to achieve other things. But the point is that if you listen, you'll recognize that we're trying to fight for the truth and the people that don't have a voice. And right now in this situation, you know, who doesn't have a voice, all the people that are being abused by this, because those that don't realize they're being played are pushing this and the engineers above it all are taking advantage of all of them. Now, anyway, let's 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 start today with a. Quick follow-up on the malaria conversation, just because I wanted to give you one more example of something I thought was important, that every, I mean, seemingly every social media influencer out there has made the exact kind of constructed tweet that we've seen, malaria here, and here's Bill Gates' thing, and it's just every, well, good, though. I'm glad everybody sees it. But it's just kind of one of those things you get tired of seeing when everybody everywhere is repackaging the same thought. But we're also going to talk about that the RFK point in general. We're also going to get into a quick point about insect allies, the food that kind of overlaps with RFK's points. And then we're going to finish with the transgender conversation, which is there's some pretty hard things to get into today. Oh, I'm glad I remember this before the, the last thing, the image I used today. Now, I wanted to say this right out of the gate because it's important that people don't, even though people that would just look at that image and assume will do so anyway. The reason I chose that image today, and I'll make a point about this in the sh later in the show, is because that is an image, as far as I can tell, from 2019 or before. And I, I'll go through and I'll show you with the, rever the reverse image search. And there's, a, there's an endless amount of examples like that. Does that mean it's not happening today? No, I'll prove to you that it's happening today. That there are grown men and women that are just naked and gallivanting around in all these pride events with children. And not just kind of happening at the same time, but like dancing for the children. And, and look, you could argue the parents allowed to be there and all on and on and on. The point is that all of this leads in a direction that I'm going to make the point about, which is the puberty blockers, the normalization of the, the kind of lewd aspect around children. Like it, everything about this is inappropriate. At the very least, and I would argue illegal when you really break it down. But the point is that image appears to be an old image. And it shows you two things. That one, alarmingly, this has been going on longer than we'd like to talk about. But now it's becoming much more mainstream. But also that there are people, likely with good intentions, that are sharing things without checking them. Which we've all been guilty of, a lot of times by accident. But we gotta start being better than that. We got due diligence, guys. Because it doesn't take much for them to dismiss what you're trying to do. And if all you're really trying to do is high five each other for things that you see, well, then go for it. But if you're really trying to reach the people that don't understand, we got to be better. And that speaks for that's for me, too. I make mistakes like anybody. Now, for starting off with the malaria conversation, we just saw this in the last show. Malaria found in the U.S. for the first time in 20 years. Alarming officials. Of course, they're baffled, right? I just love these same thing. No, like you could you could argue that it wouldn't be fair to be like we know for sure that it's because of the gates mosquitoes certainly we would go could it be though <laughs> but of course not that wouldn't even be brought up in the conversation and that usually tells you that maybe it is then <laughs> that you know thought not for sure right but the idea that they go out of their way to not look at an obvious possibility it's kind of hard to not look at that as the primary culprit right but you'll you'll find no conversation about how this is, you know, GM mosquitoes or any of it. Right. Which is really ridiculous, especially when you can very quickly look, as we showed you last time. Here's Vice from 2021. 
And this is talking about releasing these specific Oxitec genetically modified mosquitoes in Texas and Florida. What a coincidence. I mean, I really just find that kind of laugh out loud ridiculous. But I also showed in the last show that you can go back a couple more years and find that they were released in 20 different states. So keep that in mind, too. Years ago, so this is more relevant that they just did it in these two states. But nonetheless, you know, the objective. But here is the Bill Gates announcing $168 million to develop a next generation malaria vaccine. Oh, and yes, he does develop a lot of vaccines. But it still matters, doesn't it? There's still a lot of overlap that people just don't really want to engage with which is very telling. We also have Dr. Tom Rents speaking up. Oh, I forgot to actually grab this one. I added it last minute. Hold on. I always delete after the question mark, so they can't really track if they try to, you know, in one small way, to be quite honest. But that's how they kind of just, it's not like serious surveillance, but if you know those tweets, they pop up with like the extra information afterward. That's how they can kind of track back how it's been used and where it flowed from. You know, really, if they wanted that information anyway, it's not hard to find with all the surveillance state that we live in. But here, this is Tom Rents. Sure. And actually, you know what? Never mind. Just you guys, you guys have seen his work. I'm just going to go ahead and skip past it for interest of time anyway. But the point is he's, he's speaking up. Actually, the reason I said that is because it reads right here. Gates Foundation is working on engineering flying vaccines via mosquitoes. Now, before we, for maybe new people to the show or people that just never heard about this before, that might sound crazy, right? That's crazy. That can't be real. That sounds like a right-wing conspiracy theory. Flying vaccines. Come on, right? Tom Rents, what a conspiracy theorist. He says it's not just the food we have to be worried about. He testified in Pennsylvania Senate, uh, State Senate. Gates Foundation has been funding all sorts of genetic engineering of mosquitoes, and there's lots of talk about using mosquitoes and mosquito bites to help vaccinate certain populations. Now, there's two things he talks about there. All sorts of genetic engineering. Which the concern there, not it's mosquitoes and other things, is that who knows what else is being used there. Now, that may sound crazy to some people, but we've found out a lot that is inside of these injections that they didn't tell us about or they lied about. Now, there's other things, by the way, people are still arguing are there that we don't know for sure, I would argue. But the point is, if we know they've lied already, it's not hard to think, well, maybe they're going to add some kind of mRNA thing later down the line because they decide it's better for us. But then there's the idea that this might be vaccines via mosquito which is just absolutely alarming. I don't have proof, he says, that it's viable yet, but I know they're working on it. Now, my point in showing this was simply that this may sound ridiculous, right? But it's not. Mosquitoes turned into flying vaccinators. January 8th, 2015. For what exactly? For malaria. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you, it's almost too perfect, right? It almost kind of falls into place. But then, of course, you hear the people screaming from the sideline, well, that's Fox News. That's also fake news. Okay, well, just in case you needed the study, here it is for you. <laughs> I love doing that. Now, I, now, there's probably nobody ever even there when we do that. But it's still, the, the, you can see how that works for people, where they're so quick to dismiss and even get into the study, they're probably going to go, well, whatever. I'm going to walk away. The point is, this is real. And it's been going on a long time. This is 2010. Even before then, Flying Vaccinator, a transgenic mosquito delivers vaccine via blood feeding. Okay, so how do you control that? Well, you don't. That's the point. You don't control it. It is something that is, it's, 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 you know what? I was going to play this after the fact, but it is something that goes in line with the idea of the self-spreading vaccine. And the reason I'm playing this now is because we're going to talk about right after this, the idea of the insect allies conversation, which is still happening. And if you don't know what that is, you're going to be shocked. But so the point is, this is a real concept that they've been working on. Now ask yourself if they were able to do the other things in such rapid time, gee, it's been, it's been 
13 or what, what are we looking at? What is it? 2023, 13 years, 13 years. And we're going to pretend like they haven't done this. <laughs> really? Like realize this isn't like, Oh, we failed. This just kind of work. The study was done. The work happened. And then it just drifted into the background. That's kind of alarming, isn't it? When you realize this could have been done. Maybe that was what already happened. Yes, that's crazy conspiracy theory because it's something that we're not supposed to talk about. But is it possible? Of course it's possible. Do they have the technology? Yes, of course. Would they? Absolutely they would. Well, ask yourself if this has already happened as well. And the same concept. And then we'll get into the bug version of this that is exactly what you're staring at. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture. Uh Uh-huh. Now take note of the bugs. That's that's the point that we're getting at. So what they're telling you is long before this 2020 massive symposium or whatever you want to call it, they were already doing this. I just I just think it's absolutely, in my opinion, quite naive to think that they haven't already at the very least unlimited trials of this. And are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? You can see this was, yeah, right here, this was, you can look this up, gigantic, 2020, Europe, you know, and so the bottom line was, yeah, well, they're all going through regulatory process. Okay, well, did it fail, right? Did they, did they fail? What, what happened? If they was going through processes and then we just stopped hearing about it, that's not usually how that goes, right? Now, I'm not saying I know for sure, but what I do know is that that is an alarming reality where there's things that have been used already. They've already taken the next steps beyond that kind of research. And we're supposed to pretend like that hasn't already been used. That's quite naive to me. Now, we're going to get in. Oh, you know what? I guess we'll do this in reverse. I, I kind of mix myself up there. So I'm, I'm going to get into the, the RFK discussion. But since I played that video first, because I kind of mixed these up, I'm going to we'll jump into this part of it next. And they, they really do both kind of relate. Because what he's really getting into in the RFK clip we're going to play is just simply the, the I mean, either by incompetence, malfeasance, or just by design, a lack of safety testing for children's injections or any of them, for that matter, in regard to placebo. And we'll prove it yet again that he's absolutely right. But before we get to that, since we've played that video, so we're talking about insect allies or genetically modified versions of all sorts of things that impact you both via you know, I mean, well, look, we, they talked about it in regard to crops, crop management, but the true, the reality is these are bioweapons, or at the very least they can be, no matter how they want to spin this. And that is exactly what we found out before. Now, here, actually, sorry, let me just quickly reorganize. Okay, so Orwell shared this. Scientists are gene editing flies to fight crop damage. <laughs> what could go wrong? What's really crazy about this is this is the same thing they always do. This is not new. This is from 2023, right? But this topic is being re-presented to us as, hey, scientists are fighting a new thing with a new thing. It's kind of like, get check out this brand new thing called cloud seeding, right? They do this all the time. This is a really old topic. So it's, what's really alarming to me is that this, this, uh, this is 2018, originally from the, three, the Free Thought Project. 
Scientists accuse DARPA of genet- DARPA, of course, genetically modifying insects for bioweapon to spread agricultural viruses. Now, you can look this up for yourself. I mean, here's the independent writing about the same thing. U.S. military plan to spread viruses using insects could create new class of biological weapon. Now, that's completely not even what they were. At. I love how they misrepresent what these people are saying. The scientists were saying, we know what this is. This is not a this is a dual use concept and it is a bioweapon. You can read read the article for yourself. The point is that they saw through it. It's also a working a potential weapon. So they saw they their present DARPA presented it as a way to safeguard crops. Well, the same concept could be turned in reverse and used against your enemies. You know that's how this was designed. We can prove that. And that's what these scientists said all over the world, signed this massive document and said, We see what you're doing. And then it pulled back. Right? That's what happened. So think about how crazy that is. And now suddenly, breaking news, we're doing the same thing again. How much you want to bet it's not the same thing that, again, it never actually stopped. That's the reality for me. And that really concerns me. Here's the three. Guys, if you haven't checked out the Free Thought Project, they're doing great work over there. They've done a lot of focus on police accountability over the years, but they have a lot of great work. As well as like the activist post and other places that we don't point out enough. FOIA docs, uh, Freedom of Information Request. Act. That's funny. I always think of it. So it's, it's technically FOI docs reveal U.S. military developing genetic extinction weapon to eradicate entire species. Now, this also may sound crazy to you. This is actually really old. Not this article, but the concept. They've been working on this forever. And that's when you when these topics come to the surface, that's when you get those those min- intentionally manipulated videos that float around like here's Bill Gates talking to the military. And it's like, nope, guys, that's an intentionally fuzzy video of an old guy that turn of a different guy entirely. That turns out that video was a fake video created for. some. we've gone through this intention in depth. Does that mean they're not working on it? No, I can prove to you they're working on it. But what's funny is they people insert these fake videos. Many of you may know what I'm talking about. It, you'll see it circulating all over the time every now and again. Here's Bill Gates talking to the FBI about genetic weapons. And it's just, it's not, it doesn't even look like him when you get the real video. And it turns out it wasn't even technically an actual presentation as far as I understand it. The point though, is they have done this. We can prove that Israel's been working on this. We can prove that all over the world, there are governments working on how to genetically focus their weapons. So now consider this in the context of COVID-19. Here's a great article from Whitney. Bats, gene editing, and bioweapons. This is January 30th, 2020. Again, realize how far ahead she was in this topic. Recent DARPA experiments raise concerns amid coronavirus outbreak. And the main point, please don't make make sure you go back and read all of this old work. Hell, go back to the beginning of The Last American Vagabond and make sure you read all this stuff on here. It'll take you the rest of your life. All of it's important. Bats as bioweapons. Okay, so now we overlap the concept of other things than insects, and I guarantee you this is possible. And that's exactly what they've already been doing for decades. Don't forget, the U.S. government funded research, this is Ralph Barrick, on coronavirus-induced myocarditis. Okay, so they worked on using this thing they tell us is around right now to make it cause myocarditis, and weird, that's what seems to be happening today. And then even further, they did work on a myocarditis-inducing virus and then worked to aerosolize it with bats in caves in China. So the answer is yes. Did they work on this? Then it worked to aerosolize it? Yes, they did. Proved it in the show. I mean, it's the documents are easy to look at. It, doesn't that unnerve you? The reality that we can connect these dots to realize that it's just extension of the same kind of work? And you, whether you think it's for benefit, betterment of humanity or not, this is alarming kind of stuff and people see through it. 
Now, RFK points pointed something out, and this is where I overlap to the next part. New documents show that the CIA's MKUltra program, if you don't know, it's, it's a huge topic, but the way people tend to remember it is using mind control, essentially, to get people to act, you know, the kind of man candidate concept. But there was a lot more than just that. There was sexual manipulation. There was so much. You, you want to lose sleep tonight? Read deep into the CIA MKUltra program that is real. And as far as I can tell, never actually stopped. And that's not hyperbole. You can prove, by the way, that it went way past the date that they still publicly say that it stopped. Then ask yourself why it ever would have stopped. And the point is, I think we know that it didn't. But you can prove that they lied about it. So the point, though, is that he's saying new documents now show that that MKUltra program targeted indigenous and black children in medical torture experiments. Well, gee, that seems oddly relevant to what seems to be displayed in front of us today as some kind of woke mindset. I mean, really take a minute to think about that. Maybe you might be offended by that, but realize that that's not to say that people who are like, see, this is the interesting thing. You can point out that there is a government action that's taking advantage of real things and people that are in that real thing get offended by it. Why is that? I'm not saying, and I'm just being broad about it. I'm not saying the real thing is the problem. In some cases I am, but the point in a general sense is what I'm saying is the government is using that thing to manipulate all of us and divide us and manipulate you in particular, right? In this case, you know my opinions that I do think there's a problem here, but realize that this is not new, that your government has been experimenting on you and quite literally is doing it right now, post-COVID-19 injections and continuing, that we need to be aware that I think this is still going on in a very large way. Now, here's just kind of a scary overlap to think about. So if that's the case, and if that's still happening in ways that's got that have just basically gone mainstream, Think about this video, and I don't mean to scare you here, but this is the kind of thing that I think is part of the larger agenda. And may, or maybe this is just health, but I think quite clearly that this is a serious concern. The aisle at the grocery store is a train wreck, guys. I used to love Fruit Loops as a kid. You probably love Fruit Loops as a kid. Maybe your kids eat Fruit Loops. Did you know that Fruit Loops contains high fructose corn syrup? It contains seed oils, and it contains multiple dyes, yellow six, red 40, red three, blue one, some of which have been linked to hyperactivity and behavioral problems in kids. Now, right there, you could say, okay, well, maybe that's just, you know, incompetence or, or malfeasance or, you know, kind of a willful disregard because, well, hey, we'll make agreements with the pharmaceutical company and then we'll make more money. Now, even that, people will go, fake news, that's conspiracy theory. You can prove stuff like that happens. This is corporate overlap. Or it could be something much larger than that in regard to trying to, you know, dumb down populations. I mean, the bottom line is you've got things like, uh, uh, fluoride in the water which right now Derek's work is and, and what the fan and what they're proving that they're dragging their feet on intentionally is that it is as they know that's causing IQ di- uh, diminishing of the IQ as well as all sorts of other problems immune system neuro I mean it's just unbelievable and then add that with glyphosate add that with the injection that destroys your immune system add that with all of these things that are targeted at seemingly causing this decline I think that this is the experiment and it's much more it's alarming and broad It really is. This is what we're feeding our children. This is what we consider healthy because it's low in fat. I didn't even know that Fruit Loops had seed oils. I knew it had high fructose corn syrup and some fake dyes that are not good for you or your family, but seed oils. Yes, and seed oils should not go in your body. Seed oils belong in a car, in an engine. The idea that we were convinced this is somehow something, it is probably one of the most dangerous things that people consume on a regular basis. It is horrible for you. Causes cancers and all sorts of things. And so as it says here, same thing, just to make sure something different that wasn't said there. Yeah, just I think the main point is behavioral issues. And I mean, 
God knows what else it does. I mean, realize the endocrine disrupting chemicals point that we continue to talk about, which I think is so very important. There we go. Is this stuff is everywhere. You know what one of those are that I can absolutely be on question promise you is in the Fruit Loops? Glyphosate. Glyphosate is one of the most, it's it's everywhere. Oh, it's, it's it, the links are in here. And this article we discussed this, are endocrine disrupting chemicals causing gender dysphoria? The answer is yes. 100%. The peer reviewed science says that these things, and it's not, it's amazing, it's contentious. They're called endocrine disrupting chemicals. That means they disrupt your endocrine system. That is, that's hormones. It's not hard to wrap your mind around. So the bottom line, is it glyphosate that's in there? Or how about dioxins that are produced by the chemical manufacturing process or the burn? Uh, the, I mean, everything we've talked about, or it, PFAS, these things exist in there. They're causing, I mean, the bottom line is it's happening. You should ask whether or not it's intentional. I'll leave it there. Now, let's talk about the injection conversation, which has also been shown to be an endocrine disrupting chemical. It's causing infertility. It's causing menstruation problems. It's, it's affecting fertility. It's affecting hormones. And by the way, Dr. McCullough, who I also interviewed about this, Peter McCullough, he made the point about hormones in foods. Like, I, I'm surprised I didn't even think about that. It's the most basic and obvious that there are hormones in all of our foods, all of our the meat, cattle, chickens, and that in and of itself is also leading to the same problem. It's very, it's a very, very alarming reality. Now, let's talk about the RFK and what he said about the injections. Because I really think this is important. And for those that didn't hear what I said in the beginning, make sure you go back and listen to what I said so I don't have to go over it all. The point is just that I'm not trying to endorse anybody. The point is that I still stand by everything he says right here. No matter who said this, if, if Hitler was literally sitting there saying all this, I'd be like, uh-huh, he's correct, and you're disgusting. The point is, truth is truth, no matter who says it. In this world we're in today that's hyper-politicized, people dismiss things based on people's backgrounds. It's ridiculous. Obviously, you can consider that, to consider maybe I'm being misled somehow, but if you don't see how you're being misled, you should consider the information. I mean, even if you are being misled, consider the information. Information is information, but not today. Oh, Peter said that? Oh, this guy said that? Oh, then I'm going to dismiss it and walk away and plug my ears because that's what adults do. <laughs> we live in a broken society. Okay, let's get into this. Coronavirus Plus, you shared this first, as I can tell. This, uh, You know, that is interesting. Now it only says three. This is so weird. You know, uh, I think it was. Oh, it's right here. Chief Nerd shared this. And you can see that it says 13 million views. Now, what's weird is you, I mean, oh, let me refresh it, actually. Maybe that's why. Okay, well, see, now it says 1 million. See, it doesn't make sense. As far as I understand it, it's supposed to be the cumulative views, not just from which one shares it. In any case, that's not important right now. But I do think that's strange that it seems to be a difference. But Coronavirus Plus, he's the one that shared this first, as far as I can tell. He's answering a question about a doctor about his stance on vaccines. From News Nation. Now, News Nation is the group. I think it's the Andrew Cuomo. It's it's corporate media, guys. That and you're going to be able to tell that quite clearly by the conversation. Now, I'm going to stop it here and there because it's a 13 minute clip. But let's get into this. I'll do my best not to stop it all the time. Kennedy, one of the biggest controversies surrounding your candidacy is your stance on childhood vaccines. Nearly every scientific and medical organization, including the CDC, the FDA, the AMA, the American Academy of Pediatrics, all say you're wrong on this issue. This leads us to our very first question from our audience. It's Dr. Tariq Butt, who specializes... I would ask you one thing. On what issue? On childhood vaccines. What about them? And whether they ever cause autism or damage kids. 
They all okay. say these vaccines are have never, saved millions never of lives. Damage kids. I don't think anybody has said they never have. There might be a child here, but overall, all those organizations say vaccines are safe and have saved millions and millions of lives. But let's get to our audience. Okay, I just I, th- this is so pathetic the way this starts. He, I mean, right out of the gate, he exposes the hyperbolic sort of subjective, broad stroke nature of the way they do this, right? Well, we all know how crazy you are. It's kind of the main point. Well, he goes, well, how? In what way? Like, what do you, why don't you make a fine point? The point is that if you just go, well, we know he's an anti-vaxxer. They all go, uh-huh. Yeah, we all, yeah. It's just this like collective mindset that they, and the point is, what are you exactly talking about? Even her point about whether they cause autism. Well, that's not his stance on vaccines. He's got a thousand different stances on vaccines. So the point is that they just are clumsy about this. And it, it doesn't even seem like they try. I mean, we saw the ridiculous one on, uh, was it the, um, I forget, the one we all laughed about where she just did this same thing. You know, just kind of pushed forward the corporate narrative. And he answers back with very objective, balanced conversation. And the argument is you're just not allowed to say those things. Right. I mean, it's just, it's really sad. But that, as he pushes forward even more and says, well, you know, in what what in what way? Then they're, they're, they've never hurt anybody. Oh, well, well, they're, they're, so nobody said never. Well, that's quite literally what you just said. You know, so the point is you can get away with all of your subjective broad stroke comments as long as it's pro mainstream narrative. But the other way, whoa, you'll get ripped apart for saying something that's barely outside the conversation. That's how this plays every single time. This question from Dr. Butts. Good evening. Eradication of chicken pox and polio from the U.S. and many parts of the world is a direct result of regular vaccines. You could aggressively disagree with that based on facts. Now, I'm not saying I can prove that that's because the point is you saw declines before they ever began mass administration. You can prove this, but then you could you still have to argue that maybe that was possibly why it continued to go down or it did go up again and then go back down pretty much every time these were given. But the, my point in stopping in here is to show you that they just state these things over and over. And it just there's no, he states things all the time and they go, well, we can't prove it here, but no pushback on these general concepts. And I think that's the main point about this in regard to how they engage with him on the idea that we have these set standard of truths that he's saying, I, I, I'll prove to you it's not true. And every time he begins to get to that, they've got to go, well, 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 we're not going to relitigate the whole thing right here. It's like, well, that's what you're doing, isn't it? You're calling him a liar. Then we try to prove you wrong. You try to push past it, acting like, well, we all just know you're a liar. So let's move forward. None of this is honest. Measles, mumps, rubella, and many diseases are preventable. And there's little to no evidence of these diseases in vaccinated population. Your vaccine stance is dangerous to the health and well-being of millions. Medical experts are deeply concerned about your message. How can we help you to come to the side of science? Great. So you're ridiculous. And basically, it was a question framed. It was an attack framed as a question so how can we help you come to the side of science that's the question so you're wrong here's the truth all here's all my facts and then how can we make you not be dumb go ahead sir i mean that's that's really the first question like it just shows you the inherent dishonesty of what they're doing that's not a question guys this is ridiculous i mean if i were him i wouldn't even engage with these kind of platforms but the point is he clearly came out on top so maybe i'm wrong what was the question? How can you help me come to my senses? No. No, no. <laughs> you are a very smart person. Uh, okay, so, you know, I, don't, I think most people don't know what my stance is on vaccines. I've never been anti-vaccine. And I've said that hundreds and hundreds of times, but it doesn't matter. It's amazing that he has to say that. 
I mean, it's just so embarrassing that they just don't care. He says it over and over, and you get absolute jackasses like Maddie Hassan out there who just go, Andy Vax, or you just continue to intellectually, in a dishonest way, toe the line of what you're supposed to say about him. Makes me sad that people like that even exist. Uh, because that is a way of silencing me, using that pejorative to describe me as a way of silencing or marginalizing me. Uh, my position on vaccines, I think, is it, I think virtually every American would agree with my stance on vaccines, which is that vaccines should be tested like other medicines. Mm-hmm. They should be safety tested. And unfortunately, vaccines are not safety tested. They're not. Uh, there's in the, of the 72 vaccine doses now mandated, essentially mandated, they're recommended, but they're really mandated mm-hmm. for American children. None of them, not one, has ever been subject to a pre-licensing placebo-controlled trial. Yes, they have. No. Yes, <laughs> no. they have. Okay, let, let me just say something. Dr. Fauci and many other people for many years said this, that yet Bobby Kennedy, when he says that, is wrong. So I met with Dr. Fauci in 2016, you know, and I agreed to go on Trump's Vaccine Safety Commission, and I was with Aaron Siri and uh, Lynn Redwood and uh, a number of other people, and we said to him, can you show us one test from any vaccine? Pre-licensing safety test. And he said, uh, I'll send it to you. I can't find one now. He never did. So we sued him. We sued H- Aaron Siri and I sued HHS. And after a year of litigation and stonewalling, they said that they could not provide a single safety study for any vaccine that is on the childhood schedule, pre-licensing safety study. So anybody who wants to read that can go to my web, to the Children's Health Defense website and you can read HHS's admission that not a single one has ever been safety tested pre-licensing. Now, um, what I've said is other medicines are required to do that. And we should have to do that for vaccines. If I'm wrong, show me the test, show me right. the study. You won't be able to, because there are none. That means that we don't know what the long-term risks are, the risk profile of those products. And I'll give you, you and me, you mentioned chicken pox. Now, before he goes forward, I want to actually show you what he's talking about, right? So what he said so far is absolutely the truth. And I've already made this point. There's Chief Nerd who shares the same thing. He says, if you go, you know, this this is, oh, and this was, um, well, I guess we'll come back to that next. Here was the point in regard to his actual, on his website, release. Now, I almost wish he didn't say on my website, because that's like a trigger word for certain people. They're like, oh, you're on your website. It's like, <laughs> you're on the internet, man. That's how it works. But the frustrating part of this is it's not some internet dueling website narratives. This is a FOIA request from the Health Department of Health and Human Services. It's you, it's not hard to prove. This is Dell Bigtree, Aaron Siri, and the and just you can read. A, there's a lot more on here, but it says right here. Please explain how HHS justifies licensing any pediatric vaccine without first conducting a long-term clinical trial in which the rate of adverse reaction is compared between the subject group and the control group receiving an inert placebo. They then say this is their response. You can verify this. Inert placebo controls are not required to understand the safety profile of a new vaccine and thus are not required. I love how they said that twice in the same sentence. (laughs) They're not required. Like, it's just very, okay, are you you the ones enforcing your own lack of requirement? Like, that seems very self-serving. The point is you can then cut to the chase and see very clearly 
in actually just this is his post on it on Twitter, but here's the actual on his uh, Substack, which you can look the links, you can prove it for yourself, where you can literally prove on their own documentation that there are no placebo controls in almost every single one of these. And most of them is because they don't use a pl- actual placebo. And that gets into this conversation where he's calling out Dr. Paul Offit here by saying, well, what are we talking about here? Placebo is saline, guys. And how many times have we made this conversation? We even get pushback from our community. Not every single one of the COVID injections involves something else. But then we have to ask whether they did and they didn't tell us. But guaranteed, one of them in the beginning did use a meningitis vaccine. And that makes it look like it's not as severe. When you can go, well, there was 100 serious adverse events in the injection side of it. And then the control side had 75. Well, it's not that bad, except the fact is if you get placebo, it would be basically nothing compared to 100. And suddenly the numbers look a lot more severe. That's this is it's basic, guys. It's very clear. And you can look at this information for yourself if you care about the truth. When when CDC was thinking of recommending this chickenpox vaccine as mandating for children, um, the. They did a study, and the scientist they hired to do that study was a scientist called Gary Goldman, a contract scientist. And he did the study in an isolated place in California called Antelope Valley, a long-term study. And what they find is if you give the chickenpox vaccine, mass vaccinate with chickenpox, it stops chickenpox, but it causes shingles epidemics mm-hmm. later on, which are 20 times as deadly as chickenpox. So if you go, so nevertheless, despite those studies, we mandated for American children in this country. In Europe, they don't. If you go to the British National Health Service website right now, you can read on that where they say, we do not recommend chickenpox vaccines because it causes shingles epidemics later on. And that's the problem. You can't just look at, you know, you can say that this product is going to prevent this particular disease but you have to look at the long-term impacts you know vaccines always no matter what <clears throat> not because we're we're in so much danger we got to skip the safety part because that makes no sense at all but what he's ultimately saying there is that you know that there's a balance but the point is guess what didn't happen this time it didn't stop transmission. It didn't prevent the illness. And then it also continued to make the problem worse long term. And we're finding that out now. And I can prove to you that they knew that anyway. Well, here, going back to his tweet again, <clears throat> excuse me, here is what Chief Nerd shared in this. And great work on this because he made this very easy. He basically just sort of here's what here's the links to what he's saying. And this is where he get put this as well. This is the, exactly what we just showed you. Here, if you go to this the, the website, here's the link for yourself. Why is the chickenpox vaccination not part of the routine schedule? Well, there's a worry that introducing chickenpox vaccination for all children could increase the risk of chickenpox and shingles in adults. Realize it's not even just shingles. It's actually the long-term increase of the very problem itself. I mean, if you really want to look into this, the links are here. You guys can look at this for yourself. That's what's so frustrating about this is that you're going to hear her say this herself. He's preventing, presenting the information. And then you go, well, well, NIH says one thing and you say another. And so we'll have to, this is not a debate, right? What you're showing is, is what's happening. And then you got Fauci saying he's wrong. Fauci's not presenting an alternative study. Neither is Offit. They're just going, oh, he's wrong. Peter Hotez just says he's a conspiracy theorist. Well, present the alternative information. Now, in other cases, that does happen. This is not one of them. Like other medicines have injuries that have long-term, long diagnostic horizons and, and long incubation periods that if you do not do long-term studies on them, placebo control studies, 
comparing vaccinated populations, unvaccinated populations, you won't do it. Let me just give you three things right there. It's, uh, there's so much you just said, it's important. You need long-term studies in general. That's one thing, regardless of how it's done. Then you need placebo-controlled, random-controlled trials with the long-term, right? But you also then need specifically vax versus unvaxed. All of those things are important individually and need to be done together to have a real, an actual study in regard to whether these things are safe and whether they have the right effect. I mean, that's, that doesn't happen. And every time it does, guess what we find out? Well, the people that didn't get them in the long term are healthier, less problem, less well visits for the children, right? Uh, IPAC and, and, and James Lyons Weiler have done a study on vax versus unvax for, I think it was a quite long period of time. And the point was that every single one of these kids that had regular vaccination schedules versus those that had none had dramatically more visits to the hospital in their first so many years of their lives. I don't know how you ignore stuff like that. One quick other example. The most popular vaccine in the world is the DTP vaccine, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. Oh, so crazy. We, we, banned it. we got rid of it in this country because it was causing injuries, brain injuries, severe brain injuries or death to one in every 300 children. Now think about what it takes for them to actually do that in this country. <laughs> like you need like such obviously over the top problem to stop. And then guess what they did? We used it in the eighties and that's why there was all this litigation against vaccine companies that precipitated the passage of the vaccine act that then gave them uh, immunity from liability. But in Europe, they don't use it in America. They don't use it, but we give it to 161 million African children a year. Oh, my. I mean, I, 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 that is the most disgusting thing. I've, I mean, we, that's not even new, guys. This happens all the time. There are so many examples of medicines, vaccines, supplements that were, are tried and then re removed because they either have long-term side effects or they don't work or blah, blah, blah. Then they just give they just use them and sell them in Africa or other countries. That's that, I don't, that's I'm sure there's some kind of corporate loophole there or they just don't care. That's a crime in my that is a crime. You are literally knowingly hurting people in Africa. Why would you give it to a bunch of children in Africa if you just proved and literally stopped giving it to children in the United States? That still happens because we're watching criminal activity here, guys. I don't know how anybody can see that and not recognize that in all of this. Why folk? I mean, just it. God, it really bothers me. Oh, Bill Gates asked the Danish government to support that program and said it saved 30 million lives. The Danish government said, show us the data. He wasn't able to. So they went to Africa and did their own studies. And they looked at 30 years of DTP data. And what That's they what? found shocked them all. Mm -hmm. They found that girls who got the DTP were dying at 10 times the rate of unvaccinated girls. And but they God. were dying of things that nobody had ever associated with the vaccine. They were dying of diphtheria, of, of anemia, malaria, bilharzia, uh, pulmonary disease, respiratory disease, and pneumonia. And nobody noticed for 30 years that it was the vaccinated girls and not the unvaccinated girls who were dying. And what they chose not to notice that, guys, that's the point. They never even did the studies. And when somebody finally went to do it, you go, oh, my God, it's exactly the opposite. What does that remind you of? The Pfizer studies, the Moderna studies, where right now we're going, oh, my God, it literally says the exact opposite. It says it increases your risk of serious adverse event by 36 percent. Isn't it weird? They told us it was 95 percent effective and it's quite literally the opposite. It's not weird. It's actually more common than you would like to believe. What happened is these girls were not dying of diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. The vaccine had 
protected them against those, but it had also ruined their immune systems. And they were unable to defend themselves against other just minor diseases that were that other kids who had hardy immune systems were able to fend off. So that's why you need these long-term studies, and that's why I'm worried that we don't do that here in the United States. And we do have evidence of that, like there are clinical trials, randomized trials. Great. So this guy literally heard all of what he just said. <laughs> it just goes right back, right back in. But there's trials, though, and it's safe, essentially. Like, it's just, I don't know how you could go through this and not be infuriated. Like, just wait to hear what she says. And there's a difference between association and causation, right? Somebody can take a medication and... I mean, look at his face. I mean, that's... Okay, so what he just said is that you did a 30-year study or of 30 years of data in with using the, uh, the, the vaccine in Africa, and it showed a 10-time increase in mortality. Now, yes, you could argue that causation or you know correlation is not causation but so that's enough to go well who cares then okay what's causing it then you see this this kind of routine game that gets played we're baffled about the heart problems we're baffled about excess mortality we're baffled about well it doesn't seem like you're very baffled when all you want to do is go it's not the vaccine okay then what's happening then the point is that it's obvious. The correlation is undeniable. And so when you give these injections, you see a massive increase 10 times. So ask yourself how they have the exact same correlative. The bottom line is, guys, yes, you can't argue. You could argue that it might be something else involved. But that is enough, along with the information that we already know. That's why the U.S. government stopped giving it in this country. And all we can say is, well, we don't know for sure. Yeah. You might want to join Pfizer or the FDA or the CDC. Sounds like they're talking points. Get involved in a motor vehicle accident. It doesn't mean that, you know, that that is associated, but it was not caused by medication unless we get to the bottom of it. So many right, times. Right. And then that doesn't happen, though, because nobody cares to look. So I love it. Well, we'll get to the bottom of it. In the meantime, keep giving them, though. That's what he's saying. That's what they're all saying. Well, keep giving the shot. Maybe it's killing children. We don't know for sure. So keep giving it to children until we find out. That's the opposite of safety. That's the opposite of caution. I don't care what you pretend is dangerous. We should continue to figure out ways to, you know, for the safety of vaccines, of course, and medical community is always looking for that. But at the same time, you know, like we can, we, we can really come to agreement that vaccines are important. They do prevent those diseases. After all, you know, smallpox was in the world, all around the world. It's not there anymore. So yeah. there is evidence of that. But then there's diseases, you know, when we pass the Vaccine Act. When I was a kid, there was only three vaccines, and I was compliant. But when we passed the Vaccine Act, it made vaccines very, very valuable. And all of a sudden, there was a gold rush to add a lot of new vaccines to the schedule for diseases that aren't even casually contagious, like rotavirus, like hepatitis B. Why are we giving hepatitis B vaccine to a one-day-old child? Hepatitis B... You know, the, the, the major vectors for that are, are it's sexually transmitted or by needles. Why would you give that to a one-day-old trial? It, it's, it's really a profit motive. Now, you're right that correlation is not causation, but the Institute of Medicine has looked at the vaccine schedule and said in, in their 2011 report, there are over 150 injuries that are likely to be associated with vaccines that have never been studied. So it's the CDC's responsibility to do those studies. Right. And they've been ordered again and again and again to do them. And they have refused. And that's I mean, how do you even make sense of that? 
Like, how do you stand there as this person? And of course, in his mind or people listening, I would argue, they just go, oh, he must be lying. Oh, he must be wrong. And then never choose to look into it. Just like the placebo conversation. They go, no, no, no. Fauci said he was wrong. So I know he's wrong. It doesn't matter what he says. He's wrong. That's what people do. How do you explain that the CDC can choose to ignore that, even though it's been told to repeatedly, or that other institutions will be like, yes, these things are most likely associated. Go ahead, CDC. We need to find out. They never do. It shows you that there's dishonesty at the very least, if not criminal activity. It's wrong. We need an agency that is putting public health first and not pharmaceutical profits. You, you were talking about the, the, um, about the opioid crisis. The opioid crisis, you know, started with the oxycodone. Now it's, you know, fentanyl. But the, the company, the same companies that got the FDA to lie to us about the addiction, addictiveness, lie to every doctor in this country right. about the addictiveness of oxycodone and We've get a whole that. generation addicted. Proven that. Those are the same companies that make these, you know, other products. And the pharmaceutical, the four companies that make vaccines in this country, Merck, Sanofi, Glaxo, and Pfizer, have paid over $35 billion in criminal penalties over the past decade for lying to doctors, for falsifying science, for defrauding regulators. Sounds familiar. And we need, you know, we need to keep an eye on them. We can't just trust them. If they say it's a vaccine, you know, we all, we all trust it. Uh, we need to have actual science on it. And I think what that's all I say, I, I don't want. Sure sounds like an anti-science person, doesn't it? I don't want to get rid of vaccines. If you want to take a vaccine, you should be able to do it. What an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> we need good science. And that's all I've asked for. But so. It's so funny to me. Sorry. I, I just I, I, <laughs> So he went off and he said a lot of things that are very, very important a real journalist would want to follow up on some of those things. But you could tell that she just couldn't wait for him to stop talking to go blah, 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 and jump right back into the argument that you're all wrong. And, and just watch. We need good science. And that's all I've asked for. But so what what do you wow. say to people? I mean, it sounds like you're saying that Every scientist, every government, uh, our government, governments around the world, doctors like Dr. Butts are, are all lying about vaccines. I've never said anything like that. You got to love that. So what you're saying is, <laughs> no, not at all, actually. I mean, you remember that from Jordan Peterson, right? I mean, this is the kind of repackaging. I, she wasn't even listening, guys. So what you're saying is they're all lying about everything. Well, there's people that are lying. Did you even listen to what I just said? He's citing peer-reviewed science for crying out loud. These people are completely brainwashed. And I, I mean, I really mean that we're talking about like social engineering to the level that these people are either aware of this and involved in you know, an agenda or are so completely lo just locked in to the way they're supposed to see this that they don't even hear what he's saying. It's, it's just kind of staggering to me. Doctors like Dr. Butt are, are all lying about Vaccines. I've never said anything like that. They, you, the listen. AMA, the A, the American Academy well, of Pediatrics, they all, and the FDA says, and in fact, on its website, you can clearly see vaccines are, they go through three stages of FDA testing against double-blind placebos. They already well, no, do that I, testing I, for vaccines. I, I, Elizabeth, you, you, you can say that. She's wrong. I'm telling you. I'm not saying that. The FDA, no, the is, FDA saying that. is not saying that. Yes, because they do on their website. They have not. They will not tell you that vaccines have that there's any vaccine 
that has ever undergone a long-term placebo-controlled trial prior to Lysenser. They will not, because it's not true. And they've, you know, you can go to my website and see where HHS says, yeah, there are none. Well, I, we, um, competing websites say, saying different. What do you mean competing websites? This is the kind of willful ignorance. Like, this person's a liar or she's not that smart. Like, that's how I have to see this. Competing websites. He just quite literally told you it's a FOIA request from the HHS. So it's not even about his website. That's why I hated the fact that you include the word website. It becomes like, oh, your conspiracy sites are, but you know, look at my website. It's like this, this, you know, what the word to use. Anyway, the point is I just showed you it. It's HHS and the FOIA request. He, the, the main thing is that she's aggressively wrong about that. And even worse, believes like, I mean, she's stating it as if she looked at the website and saw it. Why? Because Fauci said so. The point is that's not true. And you can prove that she's not, that that's wrong. How, here's a, a prediction, by the way, as this gets, as, as intense as it's getting, I'm willing to, I'd be willing to bet you that they're probably going to add some kind of verbiage somewhere that they're going to eventually point at and be like, yep, that's it. But the studies don't exist because it's not happening. But as long as this, this person sitting here can point at a sentence that says what she thinks, well, that's more important. I just think that's staggering, you know, and this is the level of, social engineering, predicted programming, manipulation that we're seeing on most everybody involved in the authority positions, in the informing journalists. Like it's, we're overtaken by this, but I think we're taking it back. And that's why they're become, these people are burning down in front of us. I think that's quite obvious. Because it's not true. And they've, you know, you can go to my website and see where HHS says, yeah, there are none. Well, I, we, we have um, competing websites say saying different let me things. Say this. You know, I'm not saying the AMA is lying or the doctors are lying. What I'm saying is the FDA does lie. And the FDA yep. lied to us about Vioxx. They knew that the Vioxx was right. causing heart attacks, but they let, they let doctors believe that it was a, a, a medicine that was, uh, that was uh, um, good, beneficial for headaches and arthritis without telling them that they were going to kill me. And they ended up killing between 120,000 and 500,000. all these doctors and all no. these scientists around the world who say vaccines are safe and have saved millions and millions of the lives. Same, the same. What, uh, what is she, what is she, what does that say? What does that even mean? So he cites a fact that you can quickly and easily look up. We, uh, most people are very aware of the Vioxx catastrophe, right? And your response is, but doctors everywhere say vaccines are safe. What the, what does that even mean? I almost cussed right there. I mean, what does that, I mean, first of all, aren't you the one that conceded to begin that we know that they're not though, because people can be hurt by them. Like we have to understand that words have meaning. Dangerous does not mean you're going to die. It simply means that it can potentially cause harm. So if it's, even if it's 0.001% risk, that's still potentially dangerous. That's all that means. Now, yes, that becomes less meaningful when it's very, very, very slim risk. But when we're talking about something far more serious, well, these things aren't safe if they're put seriously causing danger. But to argue that they just everywhere say that they're safe, it's just platitudes. So what about the ones that turned out not to be? What do you have to say about that? What about Vioxx? But they said they were safe too. It, it just blows right over the top of her. It's like she doesn't even want to hear it or she can't hear it. People said Vioxx was safe. All these doctors and all these scientists around the world who say vaccines are safe and have saved millions and millions of lives. The same people said Vioxx was safe. Yep. The same people said opioids, that that oxycodone was not addictive because FDA said it and they believe them. And that's the problem. We have a corrupt federal agency that's lying to the AMA, to, you know, to all of those agencies. 
and all of the doctors, and they believe them. But those agencies are controlled by pharma. That is the problem. And that's what I'm trying to end as president. And to, and to them, I, I would argue you probably just lost them right there. Oh, here we go. Farm, big pharma. Remember big pharma used to be a conspiracy theory? It's just so sad how obviously these things go forward and it becomes a justifiable concept that was 30 seconds ago completely fake. But when you say that to these people, they're, oh, okay, he's, he's a lunatic, right? And he's completely right. It is an easily provable captured agency. We see that with the ridiculous FDA, you know, sessions about the injections that they don't even listen to what's going on and people resign in protest and they go forward anyway and then it hurts people and then it turns out to be the wrong thing they focus on. I mean, it's just sad. But I wish I was in these positions because I, what, she, what I would do if I wasn't, you know, he's running for president, so obviously he doesn't want to be... Um, doesn't want to cause conflict, I would argue, in, in like fighting back with her. But when he made that point about Biox, put it back to her. Yeah, because they're the ones that lied about these things before. Can you agree with that? We know they did, so she'd be forced to be like, yes. Okay, so you're telling me that you can't wrap your mind around the possibility that they could be lying today? That pre that seems pretty stupid. Like, I would love to put them on the spot like that because he's not saying we guarantee it, but we're saying that we should be concerned about this and there's evidence of this happening now and as far back as you want to look, and these people just don't care. You know that your own family doesn't support, many members of your own family don't support your position on vaccines. Your brother, your That's sister, and your niece point. have all written an editorial saying on vaccines, Bobby is wrong. His work on vaccines is having heartbreaking consequences. What's your response? Your own family thinks you're wrong on this. Does your family agree with everything that you said? Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, they all laugh about it, but all that really did was expose how stupid that statement was. Right, because you're fit. Like, what, what's the argument supposed to be? That everyone should agree with everything you say? Otherwise, you might be I mean, it's just childish, guys. These people don't even care about the truth. It's about constructing narratives. And this is supposed to be the new kind of independent media? Come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's pathetic. Now, here are a couple of examples of what I said, just to include them. We mentioned that the, the reevaluation of the phase three trials, this is peer reviewed, hasn't been redacted. It's even involving the, the lead, the editor, the senior editor of the British Medical Journal. And what they find is when they reevaluated the phase three trials all the way in 2022, they found a 36% increase in serious adverse events when taking the vaccine compared to not. Serious adverse event, that is death, hospitalization, and permanent disability. That's what we're being given. It's weird how this can be sitting here. The highest level of this conversation, this is, there's, not, there's nothing that I've seen coming out past this. Yet it doesn't matter, apparently, because we're all crazy. Here's the one he mentions, just on Pfizer, by the way. And this is just since the year 2000. Almost $11 billion in fines for lying. 96 records. 15 different times they've been li caught lying about safety fences. 10 different times they've been caught lying about healthcare-related offenses. That's almost $8 billion right there. Government contracting, competition. How about false claims? 20 different times they've lied about what their injections and things they make can do. Off-label, I mean, come on. It's just, it, this, is, I, this is why I think most people can see this, because a child can see this. Again, if you want to look at the information, here's the HHS FOIA request where they're admitting exactly what he's saying, but apparently that doesn't matter. Here's Aaron Siri, the, the lawyer that's working with them that made this point in the same. He's calling out Dr. Paul Offit say, about the placebo. We, we read this a moment ago in the last, in previous shows. The point is he's calling them out for the, the game they're playing with the idea. Acting like you can use another vaccine for a placebo is a lie. It is a way to hide what's happening, and they're doing it everywhere. Now, 
on a side note, actually, I might have. Now, I didn't say I was sure about this, but we referenced the 85 inhalable injection that's coming out for coronavirus. Which is, by the way, 85 was the thing previously associated with the increase in HIV. That's why they stopped using it. But now it's being used again, apparently. The point was, it, it appeared as if they were saying that there was a control being used as the COVID vaccine. In that inactivated or not, somebody was arguing that that wasn't exactly what was being used, but I'll follow up on that when I get back to it. Either way, it is happening on a lot of these different injections, and they're proving it right here. Now, these is just, again, you could look at hit this, hit this or his sub stack with all the links you can see for yourself, showing you, though, that this is not being done. But you don't need to know that or see that when you can look at the HHS telling you that. Now, here is Viva Frey pointing something out in regard to the injection itself. And we've already played this video, but just recognizing now hearing this again and considering how we're being told that nothing was rushed and everything was fine, it's safe and effective and it's the normal process, but we know that's not true. We all know that's not true. And yet people just don't want to hear it. These agreements require employees of the government of candidates that access these documents to sign confidentiality agreements. And why is that? Why is there... What? much more redactions as my colleague what? said why is that documents than in other documents tell us anthony it's because these Sounds documents like were signed at the beginning of a pandemic when everybody was desperate for vaccines mm -hmm. when companies were being told to rush vaccine production oh really testing in an unprecedented way in a way they normally don't do it hmm. so these companies were exposed to way higher liability hmm. putting their products on the market than they normally would because they didn't do the type of testing that right. normally takes these drugs years to come to market they did it all in less than a year oh, and you know so that's why these companies said if i'm going to deliver you this product that i haven't tested in my normal way mm. i i want to have different conditions mm. and with companies all countries around the world competing with each other mm. to get these the countries had less leverage mm. than they normally do for example if we were entering into flu vaccine contracts or monkeypox contracts mm. or other things that were normally available this would be a different issue but these are already signed they were signed at a time the government didn't have that leverage in negotiations we just wanted to sign as many vaccine contracts with as many producers as possible hmm. because canadians were desperate for vaccines hmm. and in the end it worked out we got worked vaccines out. and we were one of the right i mean the point is obvious guys i mean does that sound like safe and effective does that sound like normal processes that sounds like a rushed desperate push for whatever we can get as fast as possible well, fine. If you think that if, if, if you think that's what should have been done because it's such a big pandemic, then good. Fine. If that's what you want to do, except they're using our tax dollars. The point, though, is that that should never and even if that wasn't done ever be forced. But it was. And it's killing people. And so you find I, I find it impossible not to see this as, as criminal. But we know this. They, they rushed through this and we, they gave them liability under the guise that, well, we had to rush because, and if we do, if we rush, that means we can't do the proper processes. But then when we point that out, they say, you're wrong, conspiracy theorist. Everything was done properly. It's just painful. But we all seem to see this. I don't know how we get out of this hamster wheel. We all can see what's happening in the two-party paradigm. This is always what stops us from seeing it all. But last point on this before we move forward to some other topics is this is an interesting thing to point out. So we see this Dana Carvey and, and, and uh, well, I think I have it right here. I'll play it real quick. And a David Spade, the little clip they do. COVID. I know. Dude, you know when I knew there was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine? And I go, mm -hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go. Well, once we found out when Fauci said, 
Okay, I'm sorry. If you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know. It's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 (laughs) vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of people making comments about this, mostly positive. You know, hey, you know, look at even the mainstream people are calling this out and so on, which, yeah, is a good. It's good. I mean, the point is that this is, I guess, the argument would be that it's breaking through to the average people. Somehow I just don't feel good about this. Now, I mean, at the end of the day, it makes me, I mean, look, these are just random, com- not random, but, you know, comedians. These aren't news personalities. So they're under no obligation, you could argue, to step out into the middle of this and be like, you're lying, and I, I see the lie. Whatever. I, I, st- I think human beings should want need to do that. Either way, what I think I'm frustrated about is the fact that they think they can just kind of swing into this now, now that it's safe, as Rich People Weekly points out, now that it's safe to talk about, let's all laugh about the democide and the criminals that ran it. I mean, something about this kind of frustrates me, right? The idea that it's like, well, where, okay, where were you all when this was, be, I mean, it's still happening right now, right? But when it was the most important, now, but well, I, again, I get the point is always, well, they're just a couple of comedians, but I just find it concerning that so many people are now acting like we're kind of past something and just kind of, to me, that's not by accident. That's what I would argue. This is, a, this is an, an intentional kind of release, you know, that acting like we've shifted into something new. We all know this, and that's the point. And this is what I have been saying the whole time. They know that most people are aware that what went down was absolutely ridiculous. But a lot of them still just go along with it because they don't want to admit they were wrong. They don't want to admit that they gave their children dangerous things. They just don't want, they don't, they don't want to be wrong in the face of Republicans telling them they're wrong. However you want to look at this. But just I don't know why something about that rubs me the wrong way. I mean, part of it is we should be going, yes, good, because that will reach the average normie sitting there watching this on some Dana Carvey podcast or whatever it is and go, oh, well, you know, it'll be like, I, I thought that was not what these people would say kind of a thing. And maybe it will change their mind. I don't know. But either way, I just think that we need to realize that there's, you, we can't just pretend like the narrative is being seen and move forward. People need to be accountable for what happened here. Fauci, the rest of them. And also it's an interesting note. Isn't it, isn't it hilarious that all these super mainstream people are all s- screeching into the podcast field? Like it's just... You're about 10 years too late, guys. Well, clearly podcasts are popular, but it's just funny. And, and, and I, as I say that, they're probably going to rise to the top and take it over tomorrow because that's what happens. They co-opt the thing we built over the last 10, 15 years and just step into it with lots of resources and endless connections and it becomes the new media, right? It's just, I'm going to be revisiting my conversation, by the way, about our next steps. There has been some developments. Think I've, I got some feedback from the community and so on on that note. We'll come back to it later. But just on, on that kind of concept, it seems like an impossible feat to in their own game kind of a way right but next last point on this i thought that i wasn't even going to include this but just talking about the injection just think about how what what this shows you that he can stand here on uh, by the way this is the other town hall (laughs) just pathetic it's so sad that they pretend like we're not going to notice they're just choosing not to debate that's just sad and by the way it's both sides apparently now that may change but as far as i know both sides are standing that line but Kevin Bass points out this is the CNN town hall. 
how do you change the mistrust in the system among some members of the black community? That's what he asked Biden. Obviously, we're talking about predominantly here, the injection conversation, because that's where this keeps coming up. The COVID Tuskegee experiments and all these classic concepts, right? Listen to what he says. Oh, wait. That's strange. It's almost certain that I downloaded that. Hold on. Now, I made a joke about this. I'll read afterward. It's just, I, you know, this is one of the most, this is one of those reasons it's embarrassing that everybody around the world sees this too. And it's very clear this guy is struggling. It's very clear. And it's just very, it makes you sad. But at the same time, as I always say, you go back, oh, but he is a war criminal. So it's kind of hard to feel bad for somebody that's knowingly done the things that we always talk about. But this is what he said in response to that. So how do you regain the trust of the black community? You, you, you got the vaccination? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you okay? I mean, you seem, no, it works. Or, you, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad or, 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 or the neighbor or when you go to church or when you're, no, I, I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people. If, if your kid wanted to find out whether or not there were, there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking about it? You, well, aside, aside from the gibberish and the nonsensical discussion, what's the first thing he said? You, you took the vaccine, right? right? You look okay. <laughs> what? That's the best you can do right now? You look like you're not that sick. That's perfect. Really? <laughs> That's just, I just feel like it's almost like I'm wondering whether they're intentionally pulling this back. But here's what I said, just to be funny. That's actually Fetterman, by the way, in a Biden suit. I know it can be hard to tell, seeing as how they're both impossible to understand. But the main way to differentiate is that Biden is eternally confused and lost on topic, while Fetterman is simply incoherent, <laughs> right? So just, you know, it's joking because this is kind of the way Fetterman sounds when he talks, where it just doesn't seem to add up to anything. Either way, it's, it's kind of crazy. And this is the answer to how you gain the trust of black. It's crazy, man. Well, talking about the idea of, of medical misinformation, lying to the community and how this all affects, you know, both adults and children and the lies of the medical community. Let's talk about the transgender discussion and how this is one of the most alarming things I think I've ever seen. And what I mean is the way that this is being targeted, the way that we're being lied to about what this is actually doing, and the way that so many involved in this seem to even know that and still don't care. So let's start with this. This is just a simple video of a 12-year-old drag queen performing, as they frame it, a hypersexual dance, which it is, as another drag queen throws cash at this person at a pride event. Now, the main thing for me is that, first of all, if you just have an issue with the fact that this kid is dressing up like this and doing what they're doing, and the dance aside, because the sexualized dance, that, again, it begins to cross lines for me where we're talking about children doing anything. Like, to, be, to make it clear, I have an issue with the pageantry stuff. I, it makes me sick to watch all of these young girls dressed up like grown women and doing sexualized dances and... That's, that's always been disgusting to me because it's the same kind of thing, right? But I'm trying to make a point first that if you have an issue with just the fact that this kid is dressing up like this, that's something to reflect on. I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way, because I think that that's the different line they're drawing is they want to paint everybody as have, we just, we have an issue with the identity that we, we just don't, uh, uh, we don't want that or we don't, 
understand or appreciate, appreciate the right word, but we have an issue with the fact that that happens, that anybody could have that identity. But that's not even true. Now, there. Yeah, my point was, yeah, some people definitely just see this as wrong. See, even people that are gay, religiously, you're just wrong. Some of those people then, even within that, though, can be like, but you can decide for yourself you're a grown human being, but I think what you're doing is wrong. Now, I can respect that because in some ways I have that similar stance. You have a right to do what you want with your own body, but I personally have my opinions on it. But what's important is to realize that the real issue here, now, yeah, again, they're both issues, to be clear, but the real issue that I think we need to focus on is that this is a sexualized presentation of a child and then what that leads to telling them that you are transgender, throwing money at them on the stage, what that leads to inevitably today, sometimes within less than 24 hours, is puberty blockers. And you, we've, all, we've made this very clear. That's what they'll tell you themselves. Well, if somebody expresses this kind of idea, if you dress like this, if you played with boys' toys, well, you most likely will give you puberty blockers right away. And then we'll t- visit when we, we turn 13. That's absolutely ridiculous, dangerous, criminal. Because these things don't have long-term studies, because they cause infertility, and because it is provably something that is hurting children that are not, in fact, that are nothing other than confused. You could argue that's all of them. But I can prove to you that some of them, as even that group that I point out, has said themselves that they're doing sloppy treatment with a lot of kids that would just simply outgrow it. So let's watch this, first of all, so you can see that this is a child very clearly dancing sexually in drag, and then a grown man comes up and throws dollar bills at this child on the stage. Now, you may not have a problem with that, but you have to be able to acknowledge that that is sexual. That's what this is, without question. I have a problem with that. That's not acceptable. But the problem is that this things like this have always been happening. The problem today is that your government is now saying it is okay, that this is acceptable. Not only acceptable, that this is something we should be proud about. That's a problem for me. And it should be for everybody. And here's why I got into that first. Because that, the conversations in, in preschools, which is what we're seeing, and all the way through elementary school, is that, no, it's okay. You can just be what you want. You can wake up today and realize, I want to be a woman. And that doesn't mean you have gender dysphoria. It just means that you want to be. Because guess what? There's no problem. There's no side effects. There's no downside. That's None of that's true. Because there is downsides. There is very clear, immediate side effects. Now, let's actually start with this, since this is about the surgery. And so I've shown you this many, many times. It's amazing to me this isn't getting more reach because this is staggering. My po- The point is in this article from, Asso- from the Associated Press, which seems that they've changed a little bit. I'm wondering what has been removed, but here's the screenshots that I have of it. It's the members of the nation's leading transgender ad- advocacy group. The very group that they all cite when they reference the standards of care, which is the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. WPATH is what I've been calling it. They spoke, three of them spoke about, quote, sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling. This is in 2022. 
the current president-elect on the record says she's raised concerns about hasty treatment. I mean, this is the point, guys, and then we'll get into, again, what these things are actually causing. Leading Transgender Health Association, they lowered the recommended minimum age for starting this whole process in 2022. This is the group right there, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. They said hormones could be started at 14. This is a crime to me. This is criminal. No long-term studies. Anderson said she heard recent estimates. They keep arguing in this country out of nowhere suddenly that it's kids are as high as one in five in regard to who is transgender, to which she aggressively disagrees with. Or that's which one is that? Well, see this this ha- look here here. This is funny. We should go back and look at it next. Here is the screenshots I took before this changes. Well, here, I guess we'll go through it first here. Dr. Marcy Bauer, the transgender health group's president elect, has raised concerns. Oh, that's why it wasn't highlighted right here. That just saying raised concerns about hasty treatment. The reason I'm pausing is I'm almost certain that she says, let me go to the one in five part over here. I think that's right here. Yeah, see, I knew they changed something. Man, this is crazy. Check this out. Anderson said she heard recent estimates suggesting the rate in kids is as high as one in five, which she strongly disputes. Does it say that on here? Oh, it does. I'm sorry. I just missed it. It's right there. I even had it highlighted. So the point is that she strongly disputes what the community is saying. So these are the experts. If you can call that, I mean, this field that's completely, as as one of the other experts said, building the plane while flying it. The point is that, that she's going, well, I strongly disagree with that. Okay, so who's actually driving this train? The community or the supposed experts that are the ones that that's supposed to be guiding the community? Well, clearly not. Because what's happening in the community, as we've proven to you, is that they're quietly going, well, they need to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria to be able to get the treatment. It's, we have to. But they're all telling us that that's not the truth, that they can just decide for themselves, which apparently the feelings of today are guiding the direction. So they just go, well, just write down. We have this on video. These are They're telling doctors, just write down gender dysphoria because it would be harmful to not affirm what they think. So you're now writing down fake diagnoses because that's what happened. I mean, this is your personal opinion trumping literally everything. Scientific understanding, personal integrity. I mean, it just it's absolutely staggering to me. But it says here, critics include people from within this community. Psychologist Erica Anderson actually resigned her post from WPATH last year in 2021. After she voiced concerns, again, about sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling. Now, she's still a group, part of the group. This is my point. Is she still goes, yes, there is a place for this. But right now, it's out of control. Sloppy treatment given to kids. This should stop everything. But it's even, it's, it's not only st- not stopping, it's getting faster. She says, they tell me horror stories. They talk, the, the child talks to a doctor for 20 minutes before being offered hormones. No long-term trials. The president-elect raises the same concerns. How does this not stop the entire conversation? Dr. Julia Mason, a pediatrician, has also raised concerns about the increasing numbers of youngsters they were getting transgender treatment. She said that she said too many in the field are jumping the gun. 
she argues there isn't strong evidence in favor of these treatments because there's not. In medicine, the, trans, the treatment has to be proven safe and effective before we can start. Well, apparently she hasn't gotten hit with the current Pfizer FDA CDC mindset because apparently that doesn't exist anymore, if it ever did. This is what it writes in 2022 from the Associated Press. These blockers, we're talking the first step that they want to tell, that teachers are telling children right now have no side effects, that there's no problems, you can come back tomorrow and change tomorrow. That's not true. The blockers can weaken your bones and starting them too young, which is what they're pushing for. They're talking as young as three, four years old. I've already seen this talk. It, people have stood up in front of Congress and said, we need to give kids for three, four. They already know who they are and already know they're already sexualized. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. I'm not making this stuff up. We've showed it on the show for those that might be new. And started them too young and children assigned males at birth might impair sexual function, which is what I'll show you. They admit themselves. It says sex hormones, so post the puberty blockers, starting at 14. That's disgusting. And, and guess what? They're starting long before that. Not everywhere all the time. It might not even be the majority, but it's a lot. I've already seen many, far too many examples. Long-term risks, also infertility, weight gain, strokes, high blood pressure, the breast removal treatment. Now, this is Dr. Joel Frader a pediatrician also and a medical ethicist who advises a gender treatment program in Chicago said guidelines should rely on psychological readiness, not age. So he's arguing, and this is where we get the other side of this, where he's coming in and going, well, we should let the kids decide, right? Well, will you let them smoke a cigarette, drive a car, join the military? Okay, then explain how it's different. Well, feelings and identity, that's not what we're talking about, guys. We're talking about consent and understanding the actions you're taking and the long-term consequences of those actions. We are being gamed right now into thinking this makes sense, or some people are. That's very concerning to me. So when this child is leaning into this, and maybe they really are like this, maybe they have gender dysphoria, maybe they just like to dress up, Doesn't the, none of that matters in the concept that they're being pushed into puberty blockers suggested into it however you want to look at it but they're not being informed about the real side effects here is another discussion of from a doctor this is somebody interviewing a, a physician asking about the situation this was in 2023 just not last week he says what is it like at a major children's hospital in the united states regarding transgender interventions for children he says i think the best way to answer that question is to talk about the culture shift cultural shift that happened in 2020 i found this pretty fascinating it's his opinion but he says, because transgender ideology and COVID are inextricably linked. Interesting. Normally, doctors operate by the authority of the professional societies that govern our specific practice. That, that worked because the individuals in those institutions were reliable, intelligent, and thoughtful. But with COVID in 2020, we started getting medical decrees without peer review or evidence. He clearly sees it. You saw this with masks, social distancing, emergency use authorizations. These decrees were expressed as something that everyone had to do without justification based on sound science. The other thing was censorship. And that's It's an interesting thing to think about, right? He says, that's when transgender ideology really took off. Within these academic institutions, so-called experts in the field of transgender medicine would simply declare that puberty blockers and other interventions were the gold standard of care, which is what we heard. Standards of care, standards of care, right? We, we heard them confronted on the stand. He's like, don't just say standards of care. Those are just words. They don't mean anything. Where is a study? Show me one study. They can't because there is no long-term studies or no long-term studies. The evidence to support this is completely fraudulent, he says, but no dissent was permitted. 
We saw this just like with Colby saying, right? That those that dared to speak up were shunned, punished. We all see that right now with this conversation. ESG, it's overlapped with the whole thing. They ask, what are the main tenets of transgender medical theory theory, and are in, they, that are enforced as the conventional wisdom? And how have those tenets changed medical practice? He says in regard to transgender theory that one, when an individual believes he or she is of a certain sex, he, he or she is truly of that sex. Right. So first of all, just you decide one day, which we've all been trained to think you decide. But that's not even what this, the current medical establishment is right now diagnosing because they have to be diagnosed as gender dysphoria. So that's clearly a contradiction Two, the ideal response is to affirm that individuals preferred identity. Just, you know, you have to like the parents just have to in, I think, in Oregon or as you know, or Canada or excuse me, in, in California. You know, it was California. If you don't affirm what they say, you can have your child taken from you. Three, the repercussion of non-intervention is a higher likelihood of that individual committing suicide. And this is the crux of the whole argument. I don't know how you could possibly prove that. It's still, you could, you could look at suicide rates, but you can't, like the idea that we know somehow that by not taking this action that's very new, somehow will provably translate to more suicide. It's, it's, a, it's a hollow argument at best. I'm not saying I could prove that it's wrong, but they can't prove that it's right either. So it's a subjective argument. But the truth is that we can prove before all of this that there was a high suicide rate in this group anyway. Because even then, though, they'll say that's because they were pressured and they were again. You don't know that, though. That's your personal opinion. And again, today, that trumps everything. Their moral perspective is more important than the law. They'll tell you straight up but not for you, Republicans, or however you want to look at it. The threat of suicide removes any of the guardrails for what we must do to affirm that individual's identity. This is still their tenets. Puberty blockers become justified at 11 years old. Now, again, they're way lower than that right now. Hormones become justified at 13, which is kind of 13, 14. is like the general accepted point. But again, we've seen it as low as seven. Personally, I've seen examples of it. Double mastectomies become justified before 18. But in reality, he says, when you affirm those individuals' gender identity, as his perspective, but I think this is pretty close to what I would argue, what you are doing is affirming their hatred for themselves. You have these children who are going through confusing times, difficult times. When you affirm this belief system, what you're really doing is telling them you hate yourself at this moment, and I will affirm that. We have to ask ourselves, why do these people have such high rates of suicide? Because we're affirming that they should hate themselves that they should try to destroy themselves. Now, you can disagree with that. I'm sure somebody will. But there's two ways to look at this. Now, you could argue that's all of it. Or you could argue that yeah, there may be some people that genuinely need this direction. I disagree, ultimately. But the point is, you have to admit that some people will be in this category. But see, that's what they refuse to acknowledge. Not one single person. Well, of course, when you break it down, that they have to admit, well, somebody might end up, and the argument will be that that's less important than making sure that this kid that we've assumed is a certain way ends up with what we think they need. But the point is that that, so that person's life doesn't matter? That child's life doesn't matter? Well, that's essentially the point. Because you can guarantee that somebody will be schizophrenic, bipolar, any number of things, or just unhappy and depressed as a child. And get pushed into this because they maybe even, as I said before, maybe that person thinks it's the right thing for them because they've listened to the ones ahead of them, like RFK was saying about the FDA and so on. 
They're being led like everybody else. And nonetheless, the child ends up in a position that puts them at more risk because of the things they're giving them. It puts them at more risk for actual suicide and depression because of what they're doing to them. Some people are just confused. Again, as even the president of the leading group are telling us, is telling us, that some of them are just confused and would grow out of it, which seems to be the most high percentage in all the studies we look at. Something about 60% or higher is generally, but again, people will push back on that. But what you're doing is pushing back on studies, science, and instead pointing at your personal opinion. And apparently that's more important today. Finally, it says, what do you predict for the future of, of transgender medicine? Will it continue to gr gain ground or will it fall apart? And he says, I don't know. I pray that there's a change. One of the things I've been thinking about is why puberty blockers, what they do to children, puberty blockers. This medication is called a gonadotropin-releasing hormone agonist. And it comes in the form of monthly injections or an implant. So immediately on the pharma train, and then hormones on top of that going forward, if it's post-14, for the rest of your life. He says, and because it stimulates the activity of this hormone, it shuts down the activity of the hypothalamus. This is just the puberty blocker stage, right? The hypothalamus is the almond-sized structure in your brain. It is one of the most primal structures we have, and it controls all the other hormonal structures in your body. Your sexual development, your emotions, your fight-or-flight response, everything. Now, I would insert right there, I would be willing to argue it's plenty of things that we don't even understand, going well beyond the world that we can see and touch. Getting into a little bit of an esoteric concept, but think about that. Or just how much just things that we don't yet know that you might be affecting. But listen to what he says here. This is it kind of it's a scary thing to think about this being done to children. He says, but it shouldn't be described in such cold uh, uh, physiological terms because your hypothalamus is not just a hormone factory. It's this system that allows you to stand in awe of the beauty of a sunset or to hear the sounds of, of orchestra music or to stop whatever you're doing and want to listen. These like innate like feelings that we can't even describe. He says, and I always think that if someone were to ask me, where is it that you would look for the divine spark in each individual? He says, I, I would say that it would be somewhere beneath the inner chamber, which is the Greek de uh, derivation, uh, derivation of the term hypothalamus. To shut down that system is to shut down what makes us human. Well, damn, if he didn't put the fine point on it. What if, what if anything are we seeing today, if not the post-human direction? That is scary. And th that's science, guys. What he's, that's a, that, aside from the last part, that, what he's telling you is absolutely the reality. You are shutting down something that is, goes far beyond being able to regulate hormones. You are, you are changing your ability to feel and love and understand and all these different things are at least affecting that. And then what are we seeing? People that just don't know how to connect with anything after that. We've heard it from their own mouths. You'll hear it again today. They just, they don't feel anymore. They don't understand anything. They don't, they, they feel things, but then it doesn't make sense to them anymore. They're confused because your body is being broken. You are, you are, you are turning, you are putting, it's, it's like, it's like installing an organ from another animal in your body. Your body just is not, it is not meant to happen. And on top of that, we haven't gotten into this in depth yet, actually. But there is an overwhelming topic about the nonstop, seemingly endless infections and problems that come. Why? Because you're putting something that doesn't belong there. It's alarming. Okay. So here's Josh 
Josh Walkos again, pointing out something very important. I just remembered something I want to make. I'm going to look for it while this is playing. Where this is, this is Elizabeth Joanna Olson Kennedy, who works at the Children's Hospital LA and specializes in gender affirming care, right? This Orwellian term for dangerous things that we shouldn't be giving to children. Keep in mind, this was 2015, guys. So again, think about that as we get into the other images we've talked about. This is not very, the, a lot of this has been going on behind the scenes for a long time. Listen how she flippantly talks about surgery on minors like it's no big deal. Show, he says, show this to anybody who's denying this is happening. Actually, from a cohort of young people in my practice, 101 young people new to cross-sex hormones, all with gender dysphoria, all desiring to go on hormones. And all of them did, by the way, in a surprising turn of events. Right. This is other baseline data from the young people in my practice, and, and this is talking about um, sort of the other mental health things that are happening for people. So 30% of my sample had moderate to severe depression symptoms. Thought about suicide, 49, 51%, and attempted suicide over 30%, and a lot of drug use. I mean, it's LA, I'll give you that. And just so it's clear, guys, this is before, right? So these are kids, like, oh, these are young adolescents to argue that they will be, I mean, they're right now going through this. So how can you argue that they'll only become suicidal if you don't give them things? Like, it's just, it, it, there's no logic. In some cases, could this help someone not be, sure, possibly. I don't see the science behind that. So we shouldn't just clumsily march forward with what you feel is the right thing when we what we can tell it's hurting people. Were sexually active, and then not an insignificant number. Nine of my kids had actually done sex economy, sex work, or place to live, or something to eat. Um, I didn't actually um, show you in this in this slide. But a lot of the young people in my practice experience homelessness, precarious housing, and they've been in foster care. Let's talk about a hot topic: gender confirmation surgeries in minors. Okay, this is something that's coming on the horizon. Probably your kids are all going to ask you about it after our talk to Dr. Joe session. Sorry. Um, wow. Right. So it, it just it's a hot new thing. Get your get your new you know iPhone accessory. I just don't even understand this is why are so the point is the people at this time in this room were obviously on the same page. Did were parents aware this was happening? Clearly they are now. Too late though, as they're rushing through all the legislation. So this idea that a 14 or 15 year old would want a vagina they identified as a girl is really not that out there. It's actually pretty understandable. Surgery, chest surgery for trans guys as minors is critical and it's available. It's not nearly as difficult as genital reconstruction because it doesn't have anything to do with sterilization. The difficulty of genital surgery is that it is surgical sterilization and people get super worked up about that. And that is the barrier that we have to overcome. And I think we're going to. But chest surgery is not that. It actually isn't. It's a very easy, safe, relatively fast procedure that is absolutely life Right. Oh, ab- oh, life-saving? Really? The argument they make life-saving is because if you don't, they're going to commit suicide. Nobody can quantify or prove that. You just argue broadly that it might happen because we think that's what's going on. Again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the point is we don't know that. And I would argue you're wrong. But just think about that, the way that that's framed. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so casual. 
You're talking about children and genital mutilation. It doesn't matter how you frame it. That's what this is. Now here is the one I was just going to find. Now here is, and this is going off the same tweet here. Josh Walkos exposes, it's publicly admitted that if a child goes from puberty blockers to hormones, the child will be rendered infertile. This is a common, this is just common knowledge to them. And the point is, well, it's the child's choice. And you should acknowledge that, you know, just because you want a a grandchild, this should be their decision. But guess what? These children aren't being told that. And even if they were, these teachers would probably convince them it's for their best interest anyway. It's just, this is so far out of control, it really upsets me. Here's what they said. And the other issue that's a showstopper now for many parents around giving consent to puberty blockers is the fertility issue. <laughs> like just that no big deal, right? if a right. child goes straight from puberty blockers directly to cross-sex hormones, they, at this point in history, are pretty much forfeiting uh, their fertility, and so they will not have a gen- genetically related child. So their argument is because this is so important, which apparently the last... 30 seconds it's all been decided this is just what has to happen like at what point do we have such new things that just kind of got roughshod run right over where well a lot of times actually but when it's a government agenda the idea that infertility that's that's a game stopper guys that used to be something that's like whoa that we you know wait and figure it out and we'll come back nope just because because this is so important we have to affirm what they think they are that suddenly we just have to accept infertility I mean, this is just gaslighting on the spree. I mean, it seems like she doesn't even know that she's wrong. These people have been, they've drank the Kool-Aid. Or they're gaslighting you on a very serious level. And there's a lot of parents who have dreams of becoming grandparents. And it's very hard for them to uh, not imagine those genetically related grandchildren. And so we have to work with parents about these aren't your dreams. We have to focus on your child's dreams. Or, or the teacher that told them it was their dream, of course. Right. I mean, the idea, oh, just go adopt, though. It's OK. Like th- there's, everything about this is wrong. Now, here is just an example. We already talked about the bill itself, but a California bill. Scott Wieners put forward. Among other allowances, it authorizes courts to take temporary jurisdiction of a child if they have been unable to obtain gender affirming care. So we just clearly showed you that the puberty blockers with no long-term studies that are causing infertility, which also can potentially cause strokes and bone problems and whatever else we're talking about, are being given to children. And they don't know about any of that. We've proven this. You can ask most of them on the street. They'll go, that fake news. And now they've made bills that say, if you don't give them that care, they'll take your child from you. How is this not terrifying? This is a this is why I'm talking about this earlier that almost over COVID, this is such this is a burning house right now. This is so clearly a problem. Not because all this is bad or all all trans are bad, because this treatment is hurting children. Why it's being given to children all is another conversation. But how is that even possible? Well, the same way the injections are still hurting children and they don't care. Here are some transgender people who are speaking out about what happened to them. If you care to listen, pay attention. 16, I thought being a boy was more important to me than having kids. But now at 21, I wonder why I was allowed to make that decision so young. As a fully medically transitioned transgender adult, I have suffered many life-threatening complications because of it. I am in pain everywhere, all of the time. When gender-affirming care damaged my health and jeopardized my singing career, I felt I had nowhere to turn. 
As a young person who fell prey to the illusion that gender-affirming care and transition could help treat my complex PTSD, I'm relieved that there can be some form of justice for the additional medical trauma that I've endured. Please, scream from the mountaintops. Stop transing kids. I did not know that this was going to happen to my body when I gave informed consent. If you or your child has been harmed by gender-affirming care, transition justice may be able to help. Now, we are going to see a, a re-centering of this, right? Like, as always, when it's a political agenda, sadly, which seems to always take advantage of children and those who are vulnerable, your government, I mean, that you see this overreaction and then it kind of falls back, it goes even, it reacts back the other way and then kind of fall like a, like a rubber band or something, it falls back right in the middle, right? And that's, and but that will end up with still doing things we shouldn't agree with. That's likely why this happens this way. So the middle ground feels a hell of a lot better than the extreme, but the middle ground is still doing the wrong thing. The point is, if we see this, guys, this is happening. It's not like these are fake stories. You can prove these stories. We've shown you these examples. One of them was saying she had PTSD. And they said, well, transition, it'll help you. How is that even possible? You are literally transitioning somebody to another gender based on no long-term studies because they're depressed. These are, I mean, this is dangerous, man. I mean, I've never seen something this dangerous. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's just hard not to feel the focused on the children, man. It really does make me uncomfortable in so many different ways. Here's another example, same platform. Your local psychiatrist in my city. I wish I never did that. I was so exhausted because of my insomnia, anxiety, and PTSD. And I thought that creating a whole new personality would save me. But it doesn't work like that. So medical professionals started asking me some questions. Like, what kind of toys did you prefer when you were a kid? Or do you prefer men or women in relationship? Or have you ever enjoyed being a woman? And answering the last question, I lied deliberately. I said no. I never liked being a woman. And their answer was predictable. Well, congratulations, you're trans. Here's your prescription for hormones. And some of you might say, well, it's your fault. Is you lied to them. Reality is incredibly distorted in the eyes of a mentally ill person. And that's why they cannot be responsible for their actions. And that is exactly the moment when medical professionals should step in and help and do at least something instead of just blindly affirming anyone. Right. I mean, the point is, again, not to say, and you could think this, you're probably right, actually, in my opinion, but not to say that everybody is being manipulated. To be objective, the point is that you can guarantee, like I keep saying, that some of them will just be actually mentally problematic. They might be schizophrenic or, you know, and they just fall into this and they're just acting like it's okay. Like that's the one-stop panacea. Everything's good. As long as you push them through this untested, unlong-term, no long-term study, dangerous process. I mean, this is why I find it impossible to believe that there's not something more behind this. You don't see this kind of push while we can literally see that. We just came through this process of trials and safety data, and then we're just not even caring there's no long-term trials here? There's a pro- How is that even possible? I mean, really think about what they're, point- what they're all talking about. I mean, wh- how does this even make sense from the concept that like either... The trans community, which you'll hear them say that, you know, God made us and, you know, we're all the way we're meant to be. 
Well, that is inherently contradictory to the idea that you need to change yourself to become what you're supposed to be. You know, n- none of this actually adds up. And yet children are becoming the byproduct or the, you know, they're the ones being hurt by it more than anybody. And here is an example of that. As this mother in a very hard to listen testimony tells you what happened to her child because of this treatment. Was murdered by a gender ideology. CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. It was helped by her public school counselor and LGBTQ group rights and another trans identified girl. My daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive uh, for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and a pronouns. Even after, after I, prom- I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. My daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body. She had mental health issues. Against my consent, my daughter was given testosterone instead of therapy. The LGBTQ group used her to, pro- to raise money for, for them. Look at the poor reject trans boy, they said. Why are there so many transgender in foster care? Because this they take them from their families, tell them to run, then steal them. Mm-hmm. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, affirm, drug, and remove their healthy body part or else lose your child. The abuse claim against me was finally dropped, but it was too late. The damage was done. My then, my, by then, my daughter was in a horrible mental and physical pain. My daughter knelt down in front of a train. She was murdered by gender ideology. I beg you, stop. Pushing gender ideology. I don't want any parent to feel what I feel every day. So she knelt in front of a train and took her own life. Now explain for me how if this is supposed to be the the treat the, the solution, the solution to their their otherwise potentially suicidal perspective because they don't get treatment. Right? So they get treatment. And then go on to take their own life, which is dramatically higher than any other normal category. The post-surgery suicide. Of course, they'll tell you it's because they're bullied and attacked. But again, something that you cannot prove, which I guarantee happens to everybody at some point, maybe more to them than anybody else. The point is, that's not a provable statement. There's not a study that's been done that just simply go, that's probably why. And it's self-serving like everything else. What you continue to see is that people have continued, like before this has ever happened, the trans people that are in this general community of just, you know, before even had the transgender discussion, you know, just people that were transvestites or however long back you want to go, there was a higher suicide rate in a lot of those overlaps. And then you get into this time and now the rate is high on top of after surgery. The point is you can disprove almost everything that they're pushing forward in real time. And I mean, look, just wait until we actually have long-term studies. 
by then, if this continues to happen, it'll be too late. Andrew Bridgen in the UK put forward a bill. They have these things called, I think, a 10-minute rule bills, kind of like these quick additions. Bottom line, it was a bill to ban the promotion of discussion of trend gender transitioning in schools. That's it. So, I mean, we just literally went over the experts from the community, the very group leading this discussion, telling us that that's a problem. Three of them. Children are being pushed into this. It's sloppy. It's dangerous. We're not giving enough counseling. That is directly from the leading experts on the topic. Not a bunch of people in the community screaming they're wrong, but the actual experts. Right? The doctors telling you it's a problem. The fact that we can prove to you that puberty blockers are, in fact, causing infertility, according to the experts and the documentation. Right. So he puts forward a bill that goes, look, let's stop put telling kids this is an option when we can prove that it's hurting them. He's a racist. He's a bigot. And guess what? They all voted it down. Because that's how government works today. Today, I voted against his bill that would victimize young people. Think about framing the lack stopping. Like, no, you're not doing anything. You're stopping something from happening that we can prove leads to the use of things that are not tested properly and cause very clear harm. Beth Winter wants you to think that's called victimizing youth. What they're doing is victimizing youth. She voted to continue victimizing youth. It makes me sick that this is how we are in this Orwellian world where everything seems inverted. It's the, it's the bizarro world. But here's the rabbit hole pointing something out that goes back to the statement in this in this discussion as well. Where, again, I want to make it clear that the experts are saying they strongly dispute the idea that the community is saying that it's one in five children are now trans all of a sudden. The point is that what the studies from the government are telling us is that, yep, well, apparently the Gen, the Gen Z community is arguing that they have 7.2%. Or, they, oh, actually, no, excuse me, it was the, oh, where was it? I think I grabbed the wrong, oh, no, right here. They're just saying that's one in five members of Gen Z. Bottom line. So the numbers, the point is, people are being told that this is something you can just choose. So how in the world do you even quantify that? So I, I get to just pick? Well, what does that even mean? So that means everybody then, right? So if everybody everywhere can just decide to be a different gender, that's not unique then. That's just your personal choice. So they're not transgender then. They're just people who have choices right? <laughs> Except no, no, because we are and we're well, the point is that you have these weird contradicting arguments and it depends on what you're talking about. I'll make a point about that in a minute. Here are 250 Hollywood celebrities signing a letter, according to Steve Watson from Summit News or Zero Hedge that reposted it, demanding big tech censor anyone who opposes trans surgeries on kids. Now, as much as I do actually agree that ultimately that's what this leads to, that's not actually what they said, which is just important to be objective and show you the reality. But here's the actual document. It's just as alarming to me. All of these famous people signed off on this. Many of people you'll recognize that are, you know, voices, you know, a anyway, lot of famous people that all signed this. Here's what it says. Public letter calls on social media CEOs to take action on viral lies and disinformation about transgender healthcare and malicious anti-LGBTQ groomer narrative. Which, by the way, I can promise you they would consider what we're doing now that. Despite everything we're saying being verifiable information and the fact that if we were ever even going to talk, which we will, about the groomer narrative, it's never to say that everybody in this community, which is how they frame it, it's simply to say, as a child can see, that a predator 
can use what's going on to do that. And so you end up with a situation where people that are groomers or whatever you want to call them would end up in a position where they pretend to be something so they can get closer to kids, whether that's a priest, whether that's daycare, Cub Scouts, or becoming a trans woman, right? It's not hard to wrap your mind around, but of course, this is the current topic. Like, believe all women when Kavanaugh was doing, remember that? The, the crazy over the top, you can't say, oh, women, women just don't lie anymore. It's just crazy how people lose their minds with politics. What they say is they're calling on all of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, all of them, to better enforce hate speech. And here's the problem. Here's the problem is they make a big point about this. Existing content policies, which Twitter has right now, saying that you're not allowed to spread hate speech, which they would argue literally everything discussing this, saying that this shouldn't be happening. That's hate speech to them. And that's the ADL. And that's that's what Twitter is literally working with the ADL. So mark my words, this is going to get, whether it's Yakarino or or Elon or whatever else, somebody else, they're going to take some of this stuff down soon. If it doesn't, I'll happily be wrong. But I think it's coming. True allies, they write, do not profit from anti-LGBTQ hate. Well, okay, so where's a line here? Is, Is anything you disagree with suddenly hate? Am I not allowed to have a different opinion? No, because they argue thinking the opposite of what they think is hate. That's how crazy this has gotten. They just pretend there is no nuance. I can't be like, well, I agree with everything, but aren't there kids that get hurt in some cases? No, you're a bigot. Okay. And by the way, I don't agree with everything. I'm just trying to make a point. Quote, there has been a massive systemic failure to prohibit hate. Okay. Well, wait a minute now. You're talking about prohibiting. So we can't have a feeling. You don't hate anything. What about Donald Trump? Ooh, whoops. That was a problem, right? What about Republicans and white supremacists? Longer? Okay. Ah, so it's a subjective, personal point that you don't like. So you want your enemies to be censored, but not you. Pathetic, guys. This is children's stuff. You So threatening Donald Trump live on your Twitter account or, call, you know, just all the things we've seen. The, the aggressive, ver- like vitriolic, open hate. Just screaming negative things about this guy. How is that not the same thing? Because they love to hate Donald Trump. We see this is the protected group today. You're not allowed to do this today because they said so. And, you know, just because this is an obviously left thing right now, it doesn't mean the same concepts don't apply in different ways on the right. It's the same kind of two-party illusion nonsense. But they say it must be addressed on these platforms. He says that they say the very con- content you profit from is in violation of your own terms of service on hate speech. It Technically, in some cases, it actually is. So I feel like this is a setup to some degree. Not them writing this, but what's been going on on Twitter to then broad stroke, remove all of the even objective and balanced coverage like what we're doing in argument that all of it is hate speech. Call on each platform to urgently take down or take action to protect trans users. Now, okay, where are they being attacked exactly? Point this out for me. So somebody calls them a name or dead names them on Twitter. Okay, well, is negative comments on Twitter unique to gay and LGBT? No. It's always been there, guys. So now you're just creating new special rules for... It's just silly. What you're talking about is censoring free speech or not free speech. You're saying people can't say things to these groups. Now, yes, are there people elsewhere in the real world that attack these people? Yeah, of course, I'm sure it happens. Happens to everybody, guys. Now, are there more? Is it more happening in this community today? Well, certainly possible. I'd like to see the data on that. The bottom line is to make this about certain groups having certain protections against your words 
it's setting it's the same as everything else we've seen. It's violating your your constitutional rights under the guise that somehow this group has more bottom line is to act like they're being attacked or they somehow don't have the rights you do. It's quite the opposite. The inverse of the reality where more is being done to protect and act and, and based on subjective personal opinions that aren't backed by science. Creating stronger content, ad policies against hate speech and harassment. Again, so harassment. But what happens when you want to harass people on the right, which is everywhere? Now, I'm not saying this in not these specific, some of the names in here, in fact, I can prove to you have done that. But mostly just people on the left, per se, who are online and say all sorts of negative, hateful things. Right now, you can prove that's happening with the trans community. Does that matter, too? If somebody who is a trans person comes on and starts aggressively attacking you for being a big and calls you all sorts of dirty names, well, because they agree with that, because they think you are, because you don't agree with them. But you see, it's a completely hypocritical double standard. We should protect everybody should have the right to protect your, you know, feeling to, to the law, guys, the law that's supposed to protect you from whatever, which doesn't really. But anyway, the point is meeting with community leaders and creators to hear about real world harms that result from this content. How does that make so you're proving to me that because I said something about this discussion that that somebody then got hurt elsewhere? Oh, guess what? That's your words or violence like everything else. No, you can't prove that is the point. What they're trying to pretend is that because of this discussion that there's a rise in crime. Well, prove to me that those are connected. You can't. Aren't we over here saying you can't prove the obvious correlation between vaccine injury? Oh, whoops. (laughs) Funny how you like to play it one way and one way on the other, right? There's just so much hypocrisy in this conversation. Content that spreads malicious lies and disinformation about medically necessary health care. Medically necessary? Well, you can argue that this might help some people, but there's no long-term studies. You're talking about children and the argument being that you want to give them things that will guarantee negative problems, infertility, for the hope that they don't kill themselves when they're older. Or so they can believe that they are what they want to be. But we just proved to you there's plenty of people that wake up and go, I made a mistake. But these stars know better, right? Well, they go, all of this discussion, what we're doing right now, well, it's led to bomb threats, death threats. Well, in in some cases, you're right. Here is the example of where the LGBT community sent bomb threats to Target because Target simply moved the location of their display to the back of the store. Right? That happened. Are there bomb threats to people towards LGBT? Well, sure. There's all sorts of crazy people. Weird how they don't include that, though, right? Do they care about that one? Do they care about all the death threats that we continue to get because we care to discuss the problems that happen every single day? Of course they don't. Specific mitigations on such hate-driven disinformation. Oh, that's why, right? Because we're only doing this because we hate these people. That's the point they made before in the beginning. Is it because we hate this person because they dress like this? Or is it because we, most of us, kind of don't really care? We have our opinions, but you do what you want. It's about the fact that this is happening to children, pushing, forcing, indoctrinating, and then immediately driving them into things that then immediately have long-term effects. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean, how was that even discussed like that? Hate-driven disinformation, which exists somewhere, they do it all the time, must be developed. For instance, akin to election and COVID mitigation rules. Can you believe that? Akin to the things we know were the most egregiously dishonest I've ever seen. Baseless and malicious disinformation of LGBTQ people being threats to children. 
So there's no possibility of, oh, you mean like we just literally showed you that there are, and we're going to get into it again today, that there are obvious threats where predators find their way in these positions, but they don't just act like that's not possible because they're afraid to be seen as a bigot today. This is the new hip thing in their communities, and they don't want to look at it. They don't want to look it in the eye, just like they're afraid to acknowledge the injections they took 47 times are actively hurting their bodies. Such harmful and dangerous lies must be more efficiently moderated and mitigated, so your free speech doesn't matter. Dehumanizing hateful attacks on prominent transgender public figures and influencers. So, same point. Donald Trump? DeSantis? Any of the Republican people that you guys actively, aggressively, all sorts of hate. And again, from the trans community, guys, just take a quick dance on social media and do on the other side of the game and see what they're saying. See the things that they're saying to people. The really, really, really aggressive, rabid comments you're getting from some people in this community. Do I think it's all of them? No. But that doesn't matter. Anti-transgender hate speech includes targeted misgendering, dead naming, other hate-driven tropes. Okay. I'm just done with this whole thing. This part right here, especially. I have, so you guys know from the very beginning of this, my same, like with Chelsea Manning, I said it from the beginning. I said, like, I don't care. I really don't care. If you're not forcing me, and especially even more so if I, if I have respect for you, well, I don't care. I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. It's like saying your name is Joe tomorrow. Sure, sure. Hey, Joe, I don't care. The moment it becomes something where you push it, where I have to, or I'm suddenly hurting, I'm a bigot, or I'm a racist. If I, you know what? I'm going to make a point to say what I think. You know why? Because I have that right. So now what they're trying to say is that you have to be held accountable for targeted misgendering, which what does that mean? So we're seeking people out. Somebody may be doing that, but you see, they don't know if you're doing that or not. That's the assumption. But it says includes misgendering, dead naming and other, uh, where was it right here? Dead naming and harmful real effects. Oh, I swear I highlighted that. There was a part where it said, Shoot, I thought I had that. Basically, the point was where it says it, it, uh, intentionally. Let me see. There it is. Oh, I guess it must have. I must have misread that. That's strange. Well, the point was, and you have seen this a lot of places where intentionally or unintentionally misgendering people. So the point is, well, okay, well, how do you know it's a targeted misgendering if it could be unintentional? The point is, it's just completely subjective. Studies have found that many trans people who have been misgendered, so it means you call them he when it's a she or whatever, face increased levels of psychological stress and depression. So let me, po- let me put something forward. If by simply going, hey man, well, I don't mean anything by it, when you think you're a woman is enough to cause psychological stress and depression. I wonder if it's not the problem. I wonder if it's something else causing the problem. If it's that easy to tip you over the edge. Just a thought. Here is an example of what they're trying to tell you is not happening, right? This trope about predators and how some of these people, well, here you go. Here's the lie that's not supposed to be happening. Essex schoolgirls sexually assaulted in gender neutral toilets. Now, this is from June 28th. It's yesterday. A school has called in police over allegations that female pupils were sexually assaulted in its gender-neutral lavatories. Now, think about how crazy it is to be in a situation where before this whole, before all this rose, the, the push would have been to blindly take it the word of the women. 
right? That the girl, that these girls, you're, you're going to assume that they are, they were event, they were manipulated, right? And that they would put it to the the, the boys to, pr- to to make you know, the, how do you frame this right? Like the believe women thing that we know how this went before. If a woman says she was raped, in most cases, it's they kind of trust that until you find that otherwise. That's just how it's been. Whatever you think about that. Now, what's weird to me is that suddenly that's shifted, right? Kind of the same point as pointing out that the trans community seems to be eating alive the gay and lesbian communities aggressively to the point to where the gay and lesbian communities are starting to speak up about how all of this is out of control. But nobody wants to point that out. But what's interesting is it says, or the, the point is that now when these girls speak up, like we saw with the YMCA, two different locations in the, in the country where they go six, seven-year-old girls went into their bathrooms and were confronted with full frontal male nudity, penis in front of them right in the shower, and they were traumatized. They literally ran into the stalls and cried until a man left who calls himself a woman. And then when, and this is, we, we showed this on the show. And then when they went to complain, they called those girls bigots in two different locations, different states. Tell me that's not policy. So my point is, in this case, when the girls go, hey, we were assaulted. Well, well, al- alleged allegations that we have yet to, vi- that's what we're talking about. See how that seems to shift? How interesting that is and very alarming. A teenage boy has been arrested over four allegations of serious sexual assault at the Essex school. The Daily Telegraph understands three of the alleged attacks took place in these supposed gender-neutral lavatories. The campaigners, this has led these campaign, the, the members of parliament and campaigners to question the safety of these lavatories. A school, which is not being named by the Daily Telegraph to protect the identity of the victims, has not carried out an impact assessment on the provision of gender-neutral lavatories. Huh, well, that's interesting. They didn't even care to look. It could not even answer questions on whether other lavatories, which are designated male or female, could be accessed on the basis of biological sex or a people's gender identity because it doesn't even have a written policy. Well, guys, that's what it looks like to build the plane while you're flying it. These people are so desperately afraid to be picked out of the crowd or they just agree with it so aggressively because they're all brainwashed. They're, I mean, they're, they just force this in. They don't even, there's not even a, a, a faux concern for what might be the byproducts or consequences of just jamming this together because ideology. And we're watching that. And then when it happens, they go, you're a liar or you're misunderstood or you're a bigot or it's, you know, however, or she's lying. Oh yeah. Believe women changed real fast, didn't it? Miriam Cates, the Tory MP and former teacher said gender neutral facilities are a threat to the safety of women and girls because they create a private space hidden from the public view where assaults cannot be witnessed. Now, just remove the gender conversation from this or the transgender conversation. We're talking about a situation where there's a private space where girls, women can end up being confronted by men where nobody can see what's going on. You can't pretend like that can't end up being used. It can be used by a random man that just walks in anyway or a gender person that walks in anyway. The point is, guys, that this is such an obvious oversight. They don't want to see it. Whilst, of course, the vast majority of males do not mean females any harm, she says, the few who do will inevitably seek and take advantage of the opportunity that gender-neutral facilities present. It's common sense, guys. Now, whether it's men or predators for children, right? Pedophiles or whatever we're talking about, these people will find what they need to execute what they want. And now they're in a world where apparently it's being facilitated. 
And maybe people don't realize that, but I know some of them do. Schools are required to provide separate lavatories for children aged eight and over, which is kind of like a class, you know, when you're in kindergarten, it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue. But a recent report by the Policy Exchange Think Tank found that 28%, right now, 28% of schools just don't do it. You see my point, guys? So right now, they're required after age eight to have separate lavatories. Twenty, Almost 30% of schools just didn't do it. They just said no. Why? Ideology. Because apparently your moral perspective is more important than the law. Everywhere. Not when you do it, though, right? But only on certain topics and certain sides of the political spectrum. It's crazy, guys. Now, here is a guy who puts forward a really great presentation about exactly this same point that just nobody wants to hear. Several weeks ago, in a vote to allow trans students to use whatever bathroom they wish, you assured us that these policies were perfectly safe, as neither yourself nor law enforcement could provide a single example of any trans student assaulting any girl in any bathroom, in any school, in any state, anywhere in all, in fact. But not to worry, since you couldn't locate them, I took the trouble to. See, Loudoun County, Virginia, where last year, under district policy, a trans student was allowed into the woman's bathroom where he assaulted a girl. To cover it up, they moved him to another school where he did it again. See, Irvine, California last month, where a trans student entered the women's locker room and flashed the girls there. When they confronted him, he mercilessly beat them. This happened again in Gwinnett County, Georgia. This happened again in Oklahoma City. This happened again in Ohio, where a trans man was allowed to use the locker room where he was arrested for flashing little girls. The judge dropped the charges after he ruled that this man was too fat for them to see anything. Last month, in this city, a man using they, them pronouns in a scene straight out of Silence of the Lambs hunted down and killed a female jogger because he, quote, wanted to look just like her. And before you say that these are anecdotal evidence, just note that in a survey of trans inmates in federal prisons, half were convicted of sexual assault and 90% were convicted of violent crimes well above the general prison population. Now, it should also be noted that in each of these cases, each of these perpetrators had either changed their pronouns, had undergone transition, or had received gender-affirming therapy and accommodations thereof. Why is this important to note? Probably for the same reason we recognize as a society that you do not affirm that people with anorexia can be healthy in any way. You do not affirm that somebody with schizophrenia is hearing voices. And you do not affirm that somebody in a manic episode is having great ideas. Because when you leave somebody to languish in their false mental state, i.e. men who think they are women, they will inevitably lash out and harm themselves and those around them. Hurt people hurt other people. But I don't want to pretend and have the hubris to think that I'm going to be the one to change your mind. I'm happy to share any and all of these examples with you. But you will most likely leave here tonight believing that men can become women, affirming care works, and that you made the right vote. But you will no longer be able to look into the eyes of your constituents and honestly say that you are unaware of the assaults that inevitably take place when we declare to women, you have no right to privacy. Thank you very much. Now, aside from the last part, 
which I mean, I agree with pretty much everything he said, but aside from the last part, you know, these are the facts that you could look up about the prison system. I mean, but just, just think about how interesting that is. Now, again, overlapping, but the point should be ultimately that this doesn't have to represent everybody in the community. I mean, it's hard not to consider that, but the idea is simply that these happen. There is an overlap. And if we're not willing to discuss that, you're allowing children and other people to be hurt. Simple. It's not hard to understand. Now, here is an example of this discussion about the grooming conversation. Now, there's plenty of examples of how there is something going on here. Now, I'm in no way suggesting I don't even think it's the majority of the people in this movement. Well, I don't want to say the movement because the way I'm framing this is when I say, let's just say the majority of trans people. Because the movement is politicized. I mean, it's aggressive. And that's why I'm starting to see more and more trans people, more and more gay people come out and say, this is crazy. I'm going to speak up because this is getting out of control and nobody's willing to speak up because they're afraid to be called out by the rest of that community. So the, the trans community, the trans movement, I mean, is clearly something that is it's, it's a beast of its own. So just realize that as I talk about it. That's why I keep putting it in quotes because it's something that is very politicized. So when you see stuff like this, you can't pretend that there's not some kind of an issue. Now, you could this is just something you could argue is a, a, a taunt, right? But isn't that in and of itself a problem? NBC News writes, the coming for your children chant, which we recently covered, up there arguing, apparently it's been used for years at Pride events. Well, why is that a positive thing? So because they've been saying it for years, it's not equally concerning? According to longtime March attendees and gas, okay, so according to the people that were saying it, I love that, who said it's one of the many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs. So you're proving the point to these people that think you're doing, I mean, that's, that's crazy to me, but guess what? Now, by the way, what's weird, this went away, this popped up, then went away and then came back. So I find that some Twitter is very, I'm more concerned about Twitter quite honestly today than I ever have been ever. It's like surreptitiously censoring and suppressing and like funneling people in very crazy ways. It's very alarming right now, but it does say coming for your children is not a historical part of pride. The chant appears to originate from the video we've already shown you, and I'll show it to you right now. I just had this here just in case it didn't come back up, which it did. But here's the video we've shown you. This is the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, and I'll just play the beginning part again. Now, to be, to be clear, what they're saying is, it's, at least the way it's being presented, is sort of like a joke. Like, yes, you're right, we're coming for your children, but because we're trying to make them good people is kind of what they're pushing. But again... Maybe when they think good people, they mean accepting of trans ideology, of taking puberty. But I mean, who knows? The point is simply that they're stating, you're right, we're coming for your children. And I don't know why that's acceptable. It just seems like, at the very least, a taunt meant to inflame the situation. Celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years. There's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful? You fight against our rights You say we all lead lives you can't respect But you're just frightened You think that we'll corrupt your kids If our agenda goes unchecked Is it corrupt? Funny, just this once, you're correct He did say corrupt kind of hard not to hear that but either way the point is that that it's meant to be kind of a play on this but what, what do you, you know in the beginning what you all don't respect us you all don't of course because literally everybody who has a different opinion you know it's just it, i hate the broad stroke today that used to be regarded as ignorance by these same people in the corporate discussion but not today as long as you're pointing at the other people 
right? So that's a problem in and of itself. So let's talk about the actual pride rallies and all this stuff. Now, some of these are going to be, you know, borderline graphic or I made a point to not include or all, so there's one of them I'm going to make you make you know or tell you about. But so this is what we, we're seeing a lot. Right now, this is the image I showed you to get the, the main image of today. That image, as far as I can tell, is from 2019 or before. I'll show you I'll show you that in the reverse image search. This one appears to be new. So my point is simply very clearly this is happening. Obviously, it's been going on for a long time, and it's inappropriate, if not illegal. You are, in, in very disgusting fashion, being openly naked around little girls with men or vice versa, and that's not okay. So one thing to see in this picture, which, again, really unnerves me, which you can see it here if you want to, which it's amazing that Twitter allows us to be posted. I'll show you that in a second, is that this guy right here is standing here staring at the children very clearly and is quite literally erect. It's horrifying. I don't know why that's something that we don't, I mean, that's disgusting. So he's sitting there leaning against the wall, watching children walk by or whoever, and just with a, I mean, it's disgusting, guys. So to make this clear, first point clear, this has been circulating everywhere. My point was, I agree this is a major problem, especially today, but this image is from 2019 and before. Let's not give people a reason to ignore or dismiss the examples of this actually happening right now. But this is indeed a disgusting example of why this is so very wrong, even if it is 2019, which you can see it's, you know, the, the Wayback Machine. I think I've got it right here. Yeah. So you can see this, this response was 2019. So very, very clear, right? This image at the very least existed in 2019. So it's quite clear that it didn't originate in 2023, right? So I think that matters to a small degree, to be quite honest, because it's very, ultimately, the real point is this happens at all is unacceptable, no matter what. But it does matter that we're accurate because people are trying to make this happen, right? So here's the one, uh, the, or the account that it was censored from, just in case you want to look further. Here is the way back uh, the reverse image search of this one, which as far as I can tell is a new one, right? So just showing you right next to each other that this is happening, even though those are older images. And I, do, I almost do think it's almost even more important to show you that it's in a very alarming way has been going on right in our faces a much longer than we thought, apparently. But this points out something else, which is interesting. On the other side of this, the community notes from Twitter on this are false. The event, this, what this is saying this is not the pride, the pride Parade. This is the Fremont Solstice Parade. It's not true. This is, in fact, an example, and I'll show you, of an image of a recent one of naked men on bikes talking to children. The point is, Community Notes stepped in and said, fake. Now, what they're telling you, and they're right, the, this event is referenced, they took place over a week ago. The video of naked cyclists happened at Seattle's Pride Parade on June 25th. Now, the, and then the, they basically followed up and said, yes, we took that at 625. So that was confirmed. Uh, oh, here, well, oh, I thought I, I think I might have actually closed the other one. In any case, um, wait, let me see. Oh, it's right here. Okay, so no heads up, just just in case there might there might be some crude images coming up. This is the city of Toronto. And now they're receiving backlash for allowing men and women to appear naked with children there. Now ask yourselves, guys, this they know. Now here's the craziest part. These things are being framed as family friendly. They are being framed as accepting to everybody. Come with your families and children. And then they are well aware choosing to parade around naked. 
I just don't even understand why in their perspective that's somehow acceptable. Whether or not you have a different sexual perspective on your life. These are children. We used to make it very clear that that was a line that couldn't be crossed. Now, this is a group of nudists taking part in the... Oh, and th- that's what it was. This is this right here. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to play it because you can... Okay, these are bl- buzzed out. So they're naked. Same thing. This is the parade we're talking about. And it was... This, this one was Toronto. This one was... Um, Seattle. All, you know, all kind of the same. We're going to make a point about how this is not just going to be a month anymore. But here, I think it was this one. Okay, no. I'm trying to be careful. I don't act here. Let me do this real quick. I just don't want to accidentally show something that I don't want to be shown. Okay, yeah, it's this one right here. Okay, shoot. It's not buzzed out. But, well, anyway, we'll come back to it. So here is something I do want you to see, which is really disconcerting. Video from Minneapolis. It's happening all over the country. It, say, it says, even, uh, well, it doesn't really what he's talking to. Everyone tries to insert their political points. The point is, this is a grown man. Twer- like, stop me. These are, it's for the kids sitting in the front row. How is this? Why is that even? Wh- I just, I don't even know how to make sense of that. And you got little girls dancing right next to him while he does that. <laughs> What is that? Why is that even worthy of what? I mean, because, because guys, this is sexual to them. Let's not pretend like he's doing this because he's making some kind of political statement. This is being lewd for lewd sense. You're being, you're going out there and shaking and being sexual and getting naked. and That's what this is about. There, there Plenty of people, I would argue, are there because they think they're marching for equality. A lot of them aren't. And some of them are predators because they know they can get away with it. I guarantee it. And then, oh, that's what this was. This one says, this one's worse. Naked men on bikes. Oh, look at that. Apparently, it's unavailable. But guess what? It's not, though. Here's the example of how often this happens on Twitter right now, where certain things just kind of go, oh, we don't see it. But it's there, though. You click on it, it takes you right here to the tweet. Very weird. Now, I don't want to play this because you can see full frontal nudity on men. A grown man rides up his bike and gets off and shakes and talks to kids and adults, and he's completely naked. It's almost like they're going like, like, like they just, people are acting like we're, we're now suddenly the prudes for caring about that. It's just, it's, it's just so far over the top. I find this to be one of the most important things today. This is a gay man speaking on the record, telling you, just like we're telling you, that this is wildly over the top and does not represent either the trans community or any of them for that matter, that they are being played or pushing the boundaries for their own reasons. Listen, guys, just like you heard the drag queen tell you, they're wrong and they're lying. Listen. LGBTQIA plus, baby, y'all are doing too much. And yes, I'm going to be the one to say it because if a straight person says it, y'all going to say they're homophobic, this, that, and the third. And it's like, no, boo, you're just doing the most. And it's really not cute. Because can someone explain to me why I'm seeing all these pride videos, people in the streets acting like they ain't got no fucking home training. But us see Bucci, Chi-Chi's all out on display for everybody to see. Middle New York, broad daylight, minors present. Like, when right. it, since when is that okay, sis? Because it's not. And bitch, don't get it right. twisted. On a scale of one to classy, I'm not giving royal family by any means. Like, I love to turn up, shake some ass, and have a good time. But bitch, time and place. And, th- and that was not it. Y'all, when I tell you I saw this chick, practically nothing on, on top of a water fountain, water spraying all up in her cookies, nookies, and crannies. A, a bit. 
I'm just wondering what type of antibiotic that doctor's gonna prescribe for all that. People hanging from street lights, hooking up on the side of the road. What in the land before time, Neanderthal behavior? <laughs> Raggedy is the word for it. They already don't fuck with us like that. And this is how you want them to perceive us. Pride is an event. Right, see, that's the, that's the point that I'm hearing more from, you know, all the jokes and kind of comments side. There are so many people that I'm hearing from both online, the community and just, you know, anywhere else. Cause we, I, I, I actively try to engage with these, every type of community you could talk about, whether we're talking about foreign policy or in this case, the transgender, the gay community, because I'm hearing a lot from most of them. In fact, that this is, they're now being seen. Like the, the argument is they've in some people's minds from certain gay people's perspective, they've been fighting for years to just get people to see them as just another person who just has a different perspective, another sexual preference. And now they're being framed as these crazy, bo boisterous, bombastic drag queens that are dancing naked in front of children. I mean, that's that's what's happening. I, and I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if this is all like, I, I think this is going to blow up in their face like a lot of these things have so far. Based around acceptance and equality, not an excuse for y'all to act a fucking fool. All right, y'all. As long as you guys know that that does not represent the entire LGBTQIA plus community. Even I'm like, what the fuck? <sighs> do better i'm just so glad that there are people that are speaking up about this because we need that guys well it may be alarming to find out that rachel blevins has decided uh, excuse me I'm, I'm embarrassed i said that i love rachel blevins rachel levine declares summer of pride wants to create a wave of change now i have a hard time not making fun of this person because of this is this is just as bad as kjp and has nothing to do with the fact that other than the fact that that's why they put her in the position it has nothing to do with who or he excuse me with who this person is what their sexual identity is it's because they're bad at their job and they don't know the bottom line is this is they're in this position in my opinion and i think we can all see because of their identity and that in and of itself is bigotry or rather racism to a degree you're not choosing the best person for the job because you want to put somebody in a position that has a certain ideology or sexual identity. It's it's just, it's sad. But here they are talking about the summer of pride. So get ready for this to happen for the rest of the summer. Here, this is just one of the most embarrassing clips. This is, this is what, like, if you watch, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, if you watch any of these meetings with her, she, with him involved, it's like they're dealing with a child. I think it was uh, uh, Barra, what's his name? I'm forgetting it. Bar Basara. I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. They were, you can see, they, they look at him like you're, like you're dealing with, uh, you know, like a, like an eight-year-old in the daddy's suit kind of a thing, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, like, well, we're going to pretend like this makes sense. Like, I'm, and this is much the way I perceive it. And you tell me, look at it, watch. It's like, they, it's like in their mind, they're like, you're here because you're a token and we're not really taking you seriously. I see the same thing with KJP all the time. And people will make that out to be you hate black people or trans. No, I don't. <laughs> it's not the case. But you can you can assume into what your narrative is all day long. Makes a good story, doesn't it? But here is the clumsy delivery, and that's my point. It's it's so it's such an important issue for our youth and adults, as you said. Some of these laws are actually extending in, into adulthood. You know, we often say that gender affirming care is health care. Gender-affirming care is mental health care, and gender-affirming care is literally suicide prevention care. Would that be your view as well? I 100% agree. He's just an LGBTQ artist. So after everything we just went through, that's what he presents. 
It's about health care and seven. No, it's the exact opposite. It's quite literally the exact opposite. And you don't even have long term studies to confirm what you're saying. This is lunacy. And now you've got one of the people who are acting with lunacy leading people for more lunacy. It's 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 unnerving. Now, one thing we've seen is Biden push forward another bill called the Equality Act, which, by the way, has been here for a minute. But now it's popping back up and it's being driven forward. Oh, and here's another example, by the way, just more these. Now, nobody's arguing this is a new image. But again, this one of these images has been circulating, which looks like it's from 2014. But again, it's been happening a long time. Why was this acceptable when that happened? It's, it's not, guys. It's not okay. I don't know why we ever pretended like this is okay. But love is love, he says. No one should face discrimination because of who they are. You're right. Nobody should. Now, explain for me how that's happening. Who's discriminating against the trans community? Go. Anybody. You can argue they're being hated, discriminated against. And, you know, like in the case, I should be clear. I'm talking about discrimination in the sense of like, getting a job or, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure these things are happening for just so we're clear. And, but again, the point is it happens to any number of people in any category, but what rights do they not have? Right. In what ways are they being treated? I mean, the point we're all trying to make is that there is so much when you're hanging pride flags above the American flag on the white house, when you are giving treatment to kids without any long-term studies, because they ask for it. What in the hell are we talking about? Except more treatment, more benefit and more and less uh, discrimination in the eyes of the government. You what you're actually talking about is that people that have different opinions and you're framing that as discrimination in most cases. Now there are people that discriminate against them as a community because they don't want them to work at their business and so on. But in one way, you have to realize that the over-representation in the media and the government that makes you think that they're all like you're seeing on these ridiculous shows is why that's happening. If you thought they was just, you know, the point is that it is all about the political agenda. Congress must pass the Equality Act, he says. Well, what does that do? Same thing, just pushing this from the White House. Well, guess what? Main point of it? The bill prohibits the in, an individual from being denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, and a dressing room that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. From a federal stance, they are now literally saying it is illegal to stop a grown man from entering a children's girl's bathroom, because that's part of it, but let's just say women's bathroom, because they say they're a woman. That's what this means. No, no, I say children's girls. I mean, think we YMCA. You have examples where you have grown men who are in position to be in front of little girls, and it oddly seems to keep happening. And then they get called bigots for saying that that is a problem. This is what's happening. Here is even corporate media saying not okay. This is from Newsweek from last week or last month. Or yeah, no, this was two days ago actually. The Equality Act threatens women's equality. Of course, because they don't care about that, though, right? Women's equality, that's old news. We're talking about trans equality. Of course. Now, in the interest of time, actually, I'm going to skip this. The bottom line is what they're trying to say is what this does is effectively destroys safety, precautions, equality, and all the things that have been done to promote equality between women, girls, and you know, women's equality. What they're doing is destroying that. In a way that essentially allows men to, once again, you know, it, it's very strange how this has worked out. But the bottom line is even Newsweek and other, this is not going the way they think it is, I think. Now, we pointed this out before. Here is actually Michael Moore's actual tweet that is from 2016, which, by the way, when you try to search for it on Twitter, it's weird that Twitter says it's not there. 
must be one of those glitches, guys. Or they're actively censoring real conversations or suppress. Like, this is what I'm the point is, guys. I think that there is there we are being funneled in a very real active experiment on Twitter. I really think that. Because you can see this stuff on a regular basis. You search for stuff in some places, it pops up. Search for this, it's weird. It's not there. And I, I've tried everything from one of the words to all of the words. It's not there. It, say, it says it's not there, but here it is. So that's wrong. Or it's being suppressed. It says, I have asked my distributor not to book the film in any theaters in North Carolina due to their bigoted law against LGBTQ people. They have agreed. And of course, this guy steps in with the complete mic drop and says, doesn't it feel great having the liberty to decline doing business with people you disagree with? I bet you half these people don't even realize how what a clear, what a big mic drop that was. Do you know why? Going back to the, the uh, where was it? Oh, I could have. Oh, that's that's right. I forgot. I skipped it. It's in here. <laughs> the point was, remember this discussion? It's saying similar laws to the Equality Act have been have consistently been used to punish religious creative professionals who gladly serve all people, but who can't express messages contrary to their core convictions. For example, a Colorado anti-discrimination law. Remember this huge story at the time, similar to the Equality Act, has been used repeatedly against cake artist Jack Phillips in an attempt to force him to violate his religious beliefs. And they all love that. You bigot. You, because they, a lot of people mind that think he's wrong, aren't religious. They think Christianity's like, you know, Bill Maher kind of a thing that it's a child's illusion and so on. So they don't respect that. So they go, you're dumb. And you think, you just think you're religion. So you're a bigot really. And you don't like gay people. So force them to do it because that's the right thing to do. Right. That was the big point. Well, guess what? Now the exact reverse is happening. Now you've got people going, we don't like your perspectives on LGBTQ, so we're going to ban you. We're going to boycott you. We're going to not allow our movies to go. Yep. So you're a ridiculous hypocrite, just like every other thing we point out. The point is to hear this. The liberty to decline doing business people you simply don't want because that is your right. It's your business. But you see how this works on one side but not the other? Are they forcing Michael Moore to do this in place? No, they're not. Because it's not really about what it looks like it's about, guys. Lastly, Billboard Chris, who's been going around and, and you know has the billboard pointing out two genders and so on, he makes a point that I think is important. Mario Nafal, again, comes in with some right out of CNN, Fox News, corporate media, just dumping of what we're supposed to think about transgender. Which, I don't know why, it's there. I very much feel there's a kind of a social engineering thing going on here with all this. The point is that he just kind of blurts out all the stuff that you can pull right off of CDC websites and whatever else. Gender dysphoria is a condition that you, you can be transgender without it, or you go, well, that's, well, no. See, here's the problem. This sentence is one of the biggest issues. It's important to note that not all transgender people experience gender dysphoria, and not all individuals who experience gender dysphoria are transgender. Well, first of all, the medical community would say, if you have gender dysphoria, then yes, that's what you're dealing with. And because the community would say you're not transgender only when you go through surgery, right? Then the first part, they would say, no, you are transgender anyway, if you decide to be. It's not about, you see, this is them trying to kind of play it all. This is the, I don't know why people take these kind of people seriously. You've got it aggressively wrong with the Wagner conversation, aggressively wrong with the sub conversation because they were towing lines and waxing intellectual on spaces about things that were wrong. Well, what Chris, what this is what Billboard Chris points out very clearly. Mario, you consistently show zero ability to discern facts from fiction and enjoy pushing false narratives while hosting liars in your spaces in order to provide balance. Just like corporate media, right? 
This shows this study shows there were 12. Oh, that's the point. I forgot to mention. He's mentioning a study, which we'll show you next about in Denmark, about significantly higher suicide rates in these certain groups. But what he says is the study shows there were 12 suicide deaths out of a population of 3,700 over 50 years. Shocking exactly nobody, people with mentally health disorders, people with mental health disorders have higher suicidality. It's true. The study you cite doesn't even adjust for mental health comorbidities, right? Because they're not allowed to consider that because it's, uh, oh, we can't pretend that we even consider they might be mentally ill because we'll get eaten alive by the community. Did you know the same data used in this study, he writes, revealed that the suicide rate among people with autism was even higher? That doesn't really add up when you think about the full picture. He says, yet here you are pushing the fake news that transgender people suffer discrimination and mistreatment from medical providers. How so? They're the most protected class in the world, getting access to whatever medical treatment they want at the snap of their fingers. Furthermore, in your wholly amateurish opinion, amateurish opinion, you say not all transgender people experience gender dysphoria. Fascinating. What is a transgender person, Mario? Try to tell me without using the word gender or the mythical term gender identity. And this is kind of the crux of the point, isn't it? Well, what is a transgender person, right? If what you're telling me is that it's simply a a perception, that's what I was saying earlier, well, then that means everybody. It's not some kind of post-action reality. It's just because you choose, which that means it's based on your personal opinion. That means that everybody is essentially that or not based on their, it's meaningless and it becomes wildly subjective. And I think that's the whole point. Here's the study, the New York Times and the Denmark study. Here's what it actually says. Oh, you're kidding me. It was highlighted. Shoot. Well, I'm not going to take that because we're so late in the show. I'm not going to take the time to go through it again. I'll, I'll revisit this in another show. The main, the crux of the point for me was how they decide. Ah, this was a, damn it. I don't want to try to find it. It's so, I went through this for an hour. Damn it. Well, the point was that when you read through what they're defining, let me think if I find it right that, find it like this. Hold on. I think this was one of them. We'll read this one and we'll use it and go forward. So the, the bottom line was defined as a person, as persons whose gender identity or gender expression does not conform to that typically associated with the sex to what they're assigned at birth. That's it. And it gets into this in the discussion in here that, that there's different varying definitions. And, the, and, and that, that even says it right there. Varies greatly between studies. So ask this, guys. If they can't even agree on the definition of what you're trying to investigate how in the world are we pretending like this study is somehow definitive you you guys aren't even agreeing on what a transgender person is and yet you somehow know the percentage and how many of them are suicide i mean this is crazy to me and it's 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 lunacy it is leaning into political agendas and the bottom line is you read through this and you find that there's uh, not there's not really a definitive point on what marks them as transgender. And that's fluid based on all sorts of different factors. And then the real point is whether they're suicidal before or after surgery, which kind of seems to be intentionally opaque in this discussion, because the real point I find is that they're far more at risk after all of the things they're doing, which affect their mental state, which affect their health, which affect their feeling, which affect their entire understanding of the world around them. Gee, I wonder why it's causing problems. That's not even getting in to the bone problems, infertility, and all the other illnesses, the, the constant infections, all the things that we're hearing from these people. And in this discussion, and this was one of the, the, the links in this study, one of the studies they include, 
this is from 2000, where was it? 2016. Prevalence of transgender depends on the case definition. Yeah, exactly. And what does it say here? Well, the empirical literature on the prevalence of transgender highlights the importance of adhering to specific case definitions. Well, because the results can range by orders of magnitude. Well, somebody clearly heard that and said, perfect. Because that never happened. Nobody even tried to, this is just this, and guess what? In fact, it went the exact opposite direction. It can be whatever you want it to be. Well, do your best to try to met, give me metrics on that. Do your best to try to monetize, or not monetize, but, um, you know, if we, if you're telling people that the definition is whatever they want it to be, it guarantees you can never fully understand what's happening. And I think that's kind of the point, just like we saw with the injection. James Esses points out that biological females not being notified of cervical screening because they are registered as males. Biological males showing up to clinics believing that they actually have a cervix, real, because they identify as female. Think about how uneducated, how brainwashed that is. He says, medical mayhem caused by ignoring biology and diluting language. Yeah, I mean, these are just a couple of quick points. Think about how much more has happened. If these people are just suddenly believing they have, I mean, they are in, I mean, that they're, what's the right word for it? I was going to say lost, but it, I'm it's like psychologically, like they're, they, they are crazy. Like you, you've gotten to a point to where you believe a falsehood just because you say it out loud that I'm now this. That's alarming, guys. <laughs> that's, that's more alarming than most things we could talk about. Because that goes that eventually we're going to see how that becomes much more than just your choices of your sexual preferences. The government is licking its lips. Now, here is what happens to people that were trying to teach biology. Veteran biology professor who's been teaching that sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y for 20 years was just fired after four students just simply decided to walk out of his classroom and complained. What it, it simply shows you that I would argue that these people probably took the class so they could do this, so they could make a point. And it shows you that who's really calling the shots? A bunch of children who believe what they want to believe because they've been told that they can believe whatever they want. And that is the reality. Now you've got 20 year professors being fired because they taught what they've always taught. Truth is the new hate speech. Seriously. Well, here is something that's going to last few points here to leave you with some things that is going to kind of make you laugh and cry at the same time. This is real. And I'll comment afterward. To rise in body or spirit and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. The Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, 
Help my unbelief. Amen. Okay, I mean, every religion in history has started with somebody just deciding to do so. Of course, they argue, and they are a prophet. I heard from God. I spoke. God spoke to me. I had some kind of you know event that happened. Aside from all of that, which I mean, my point simply saying that is that you could simply argue that she's decided that God spoke to her, and then that really wouldn't be different than any other religion. But the point is that what they're reading off is just made up nonsense gobbledygook. You're literally just saying things about the Sparkle Creed and two fathers, and what does that come from? Is there some kind of historical history that I have some kind of historical event that I was unaware of? I mean, you don't just get to make up stories and pretend like that's religious history. Like, this is my point about where this is leading, guys, that these people are just manufacturing realities and then it becomes reality because they said so. And that's what they're being taught. I mean, look, you can believe whatever you want when it comes to your personal religious perspective. That's how this country operates. But at least acknowledge that what they're just deciding to write down is based on nothing but a deciding to make it up that day. And here, here is the actual post of this, or one of the many people covering this. It's, it's saying that Jesus had two dads, church, resuscitation of Sparkle Creed draws criticism. A clip of progressive Lutheran church reciting the Sparkle Creed, a version of the Apostles' Creed modified, modified to emphasize LBGTQ inclusion. Okay, so you just lie. That's not very religious. You're just going to make up things. You're going to pretend that it said certain things so it works for what you believe. That's not religion. That's just fantasy. Now, some people would argue all religion is fantasy. But the point is that this is based on improvable, made-up circumstances because it fits their current ideology. It's saying, uh, the yeah, here's, you know, insanity, idolatry. I mean, it's blasphemous, ultimately. And you can read through this for yourself. I mean, it's, you could just, just by that one statement, you can hear how ridiculous that is. But the point is, guys, that this is where we're going. This is in the UK. Unacceptable behavior team. <laughs> really? So now the government is, is enforcing your unacceptable behavior. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's real, guys. Now, it's also alarming to find out that that's from nine years ago. <laughs> that's not, I guess, so many things circulating online today that people repost as new. And not that it's super important to understand it was nine years ago because it's, it's almost just more impactful. But I just think it's alarming how quickly we're all just, it, you know, it's Twitter files. Did we all forget that that never happened? We never got the source material? They never even showed us the Fauci file? Yeah, that's weird, right? No, it's not weird at all. It's exactly what we all told you would happen because it was about training you to take at face value screenshots. And, and I believe they were based on real things. The point wasn't about lying to you. It was about getting you prepared to later be lied to with screenshots, with hypothetical, here's what it says, I can't show you everything else. Trust me. Now you've got all these fancy new independent media guys that weirdly enough, 30 seconds ago, were right on mainstream media and they're going to be the ones to keep, to bring you to freedom. <laughs> wake up, guys. Wake up. This has been building for a long time. Here is an example of a woman right now. This is today, or at least within the last recent, you know, with COVID-19 era, being arrested for cursing. It's not a joke. From here, you I'm not allowed to swear in the street. Right, I'm not allowed to swear in the street, but it's no. okay if our government commits genocide, because that's what's happened. Yeah. So you're saying to me that swearing in the street is, is worse 
Mind you, as is that guy telling us to move? To lock in he has no legal rights to do it. See, that's his remit. See the steps over there. That's his remit. Here's your warning. Swear again. Swear again. You're going to get arrested. Swear again. Swear. So this is dot police. You you can't swear in the UK in public. When did that become a crime? The point is that you're they're enforcing morality. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, their morality isn't even moral. If that can make sense to you, we just went over it. Now, just to cut to the chase, she gets arrested. Just listen, yeah. calling out, calling out. I am listening. Yeah. This is the this is the UK. How dare you? Now, I, I skipped a little too far. The point is, he's saying you're being arrested. <laughs> this, that's where we are today. And a couple of other lunacy points here to finish off. This is from June as well this year. Auckland surgeons must now consider ethnicity when prioritizing patients for operations. I mean, we've gone we've gone full lunacy here, guys, to kind of jokingly not quote <laughs> Tropic Thunder. We've, this is crazy. This is racism. I've never seen a more blatant example of racism. Now, look, you can argue that there's inherent racism in how these have already operated, but to just circ- to, to flip it on its ear and just do racism the other way is not the answer. This isn't equality. It's just racism on the other side. This is what is probably the point. It's all about division and maintaining that division. The point is, if you're telling me that this person should be considered for surgery, not based on severity, not based on anything other than the fact that their skin color is different, you are a racist. This is eugenics. It's everything we've talked about, guys. It's crazy to me. Here is one of the people that worked there. With immediate effect, he's resigning as New Zealand's acting race relations commissioner. Even he can't defend this. That's pretty crazy. Then we're going to finish today with a clip that'll hopefully make you laugh. I mean, I know it'll make you laugh because today's been kind of rough. I actually didn't plan on it being three hours. I was I'm been trying to keep it at least two, but... Today, there was a couple of things that I just decided to include that made it and go a little longer. But that's, you know, hey, I get to do what I want. It's my show. But I'm going to leave you with this clip from the Babylon Bee, which, of course, is going to insult so many people. But it's just it's it really does kind of expose the the lunacy within this conversation, the subjective nature of it all. The fact that there's a hundred different contradictions that we just aren't supposed to point out. And just to make you laugh, because we need that today. So thank you for being here and continuing to support this platform, guys. We need your support, as always. And I, I kept saying, I keep saying, I'm going to continue to include the things you can support. And I get busy, but I will get back to it. We have hopefully some more things coming our way, but we need your support because whether or not we decide to continue to grow in the direction I was talking about, which seems to be kind of some of the plans. Like I said, I'm going to revisit this with people who had a good engagement from the community, and I, I wanted to let you guys in on where I'm going to be going. We still are going to be growing and expanding, and just maybe some different ways. But we are going to be doing a lot of new things and we need your support. And we always will, even if we maintain what we're doing right now. The only way we can continue to do that is if you guys continue to support us. And most of you are. And I, and I, we can't do this without you. You are the last American vagabond. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.